the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast from Our Past podcast. We're the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. I'm Steven. Hey, Steven is in the house. Steven is back in the house, everybody. Yeah. Steven Wilhelm. Ah! Haven't done that one in a lot, in a good while. So, it's good to have you back on. If, if anyone doesn't remember uh, your voice, I highly recommend anyone go back and listen to our top 10 Michael Jackson songs. That was a fantastic list. A lot of good stuff on there. Great episode. Yeah. Yep. It was yep. good. It was a lot of fun. Yep. And you are back for more fun, more torture, uh, if you will. Uh, this time this time we are having uh, a little fun here with some stuff that you love. So um, tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, sure. So today we are going to be, re- we're going to be reviewing the movie Old School uh, from, with Will Ferrell and uh, Luke Wilson. And uh, then we will be going over a few, we'll be reviewing The Office uh, TV show, the American version, and then recasting the the Office with uh, five five roles from that. Okay, all right. This is an O episode, I guess. Old school Office. Oh, oh, oh. The throwback to our Office. <laughs> I was trying episode. to find something that would go well with old school with the character, but I was like, I couldn't find any movies that really went with it. So, well, they're both pretty popular. Yeah, pretty yeah. pretty big popular show uh, movies from like the uh, early two thousand esque or mid two thousand esque mm-hmm. era. So, as you mentioned, yes, old school from 2003. 2003, John, a year I don't think we've done yet. I don't know. It's possible. I can't remember when uh, Serenity came out. Oh, that could have been around there. Maybe. We've done like maybe one or two other movies in 2000, but that's about it. Yeah, pretty rare. So, uh, would you take us back, uh, put our minds back into 17, 18 years ago, I think, when this uh, episode comes out. Yes. Uh, Yeah. This movie is now legal. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I always thought this one was a little hotter, just the mo- the when I watched it now. That's <laughs> yeah, gross. All right, so the movie came out February 21st of 2003. The Billboard Top 100 single of that week was a song called All I Have by Jennifer Lopez featuring LL Cool J. All my pride is all I have. Pride is what you had, baby girl, I'm what you have. I listened to it and have no recollection of it. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head. And I checked on all of the top 100s of that year, and it, this one was on for like maybe two or three weeks and then never appeared again. It, I didn't recognize it. There were other songs on that on that on that list mm-hmm. that I definitely recognized, but uh, that one not at all. Okay. Uh, the as far as I can tell, as as I mentioned, uh, past like ninety five, they don't do a very good job of breaking down Nielsen. It's hard to find Nielsen ratings by week, so I have to kind of just go with my best. But what it was likely topping Nielsen ratings at that time was a huge show based right here in Las Vegas called CSI or Crime Scene Investigation. Oh, I know that show. I don't watch it though. Procedurals. Mm-hmm. But I know of it for yeah. sure. I loved it. No I loved so. it because I lived in Las Vegas. Well, actually in 2003 I wasn't living in Las Vegas, but 
uh, when I did move to Las Vegas, uh, I did start watching it because I started recognizing, you know, location mm-hmm. shoots and that sort of thing. Okay. Adam, your favorite part, uh, the New York Times bestseller, <laughs> uh, was another John Grisham album. Album. album? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Uh, so was he like a soulful oh, uh, singer? Was he like a, you know, a Bolton-esque or, you know? Uh, yeah. Well, his song, his, his song God. <laughs> You are all mixed up. I hate you right now. All mixed up. Don't know what to do. Uh, his book was called The King of Torts. Oh, I loved that book. You actually read someone who's read one of the books? We haven't had that yet, I don't think. <laughs> if we have, I forgot. I remember I was in college, and I had to do a book report, and I forgot what the, what it was for, but um, I picked that. That was my first book that I picked from John Grisham, and I loved it, and I started reading a few more of his books. Okay. Okay. What was it? About? Oh, can you give like a quick, quick synopsis? Not really. <laughs> it's been okay. so long since I read it. You just yeah. remember that you like. It. Yes. It's probably a crime thing, or maybe something to do with the law. It was so long ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure. I, I bet it had to do with tort. Yeah, yeah which is, like tort. court a law. Oh, torts. I didn't know that. Yeah. I think of like torta, which is a Spanish uh, or Mexican uh, sandwich. That's a torta. Uh, Torta. torta, yeah, I was yes. that torta. I'm, I mean, I don't know what torta is. I'm not. I'm fucking, <laughs> um, I, I think about food, Stephen. It's what I do. Food and boobies. <laughs> that, that's, that is Adam in a nutshell. Look at me. I'm in a nutshell. All right, that's it. All right. Uh, the video game that came out actually that exact same day was one that was called IGI Two Covert Strike. I believe it was a PC mm. game. Mm. Uh, it might have been a first-person shooter or strategy type game. I did not recognize it. it I don't think it did very well. No, um, but we're, we were starting to get into the point where uh, video games were being released much more mm-hmm. common, like almost every week. Yep. And around the end of this year, but we, we usually like to follow up with just a, a year-round uh, fact, that was the year that MySpace was launched. Oh, okay. <laughs> wasn't that t- Tom oh, was Tom, everyone yeah. got every, everyone, Tom was at the top of everyone's friend list. Yes. Yeah, I, didn't, I, I never really got a MySpace it wasn't one that I did. I didn't jump on that train. I did. I did. You did? Too. Yeah. Okay. My top eight. Do y'all did y'all like bling yep. it up? Oh yeah, you had your top eight and your songs and all that kind of stuff that yep. would play. Okay. I was probably still making like my GeoCities website at that time. Like those terrible. <laughs> Were you playing RuneScape? I never played. I never played RuneScape. <laughs> uh, probably playing with myself. <laughs> so not much has changed. Not much has changed. <laughs> Life is the same. Seventeen years later. Eighteen years later. Whatever. All right. That was two thousand three. <laughs> okay. All right, now that we have been sufficiently creeped out uh, and brought back to 2003, <laughs> uh, let's uh, dip ourselves in some KY and wrestle in to old school. All right, Old School from 2003, directed by Todd Phillips. Uh, he has done some other comedies, you know, as Road... Road Trip, Starsky and Hutch, all three Hangover movies, uh, and then less of a comedy, The Joker, uh, which was his huge, biggest movie, I think. Um, or, well, the, the big ha- the Hangover 2 did really massive as well. So um, He also wrote this film with uh, Scott Armstrong, who's done multiple things with him. Uh, the cast that we've kind of brought up a little bit, Mitch was played by Luke Wilson. People should know him from Royal Tenenbaums, Idiocracy, uh, a couple different things. Frank, played by Will Ferrell. Uh, Anchorman, Step Brothers, you know Will Ferrell. Yeah, you should. Yeah. Beanie is played by Vince Vaughn. Um, he's been in a bunch of stuff. I think Swingers stings uh, stays out as one of his big things, as well as Wedding Crashers, Dodgeball, Dodgeball, good call, Dodgeball as well. 
Pritchard is played by Jeremy Piven, who most people know from Entourage. He's also it. in that PCU uh, mm-hmm. way back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> that kind of I love that show. Yeah, Entourage was was fun for sure, and he was such a badass in that one. He's less of a badass in this one, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nicole is played by Ellen Pompeo. Uh, she's from Grey's Anatomy. Um, that's really all I know her from. Yeah, this and Grey's Anatomy. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Heidi. Uh, she. It really isn't in the movie much, but it's Juliette Lewis who was in Natural Born Killers, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, uh, a bunch of different stuff, and then uh, Laura. Laura. Beanie's wife is played by Leah Remini. Everyone should know her from King of Queens, pretty popular show mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. So, uh, one thing about this film is I, I, I kind of take this as part of the um, uh, the raunchy comedy renaissance of the early two thousands that I feel was kind of started by uh, the American Pie. Yeah, yeah. like it's yeah, American absolutely. Pie, Road Trip, Euro Trip, Wedding Crashers. This and this one all kind of come together into like that. Yeah, that very raunchy, maybe even not not another teen movie as well, tied mm. tied in with. That. Yeah. I mean, that's but that's a parody one though. Yeah, yeah. Th- this this was very much kind of like you know calling back to those days of Revenge of the Nerds and that kind of stuff. Porkies, pork exactly. You know, you're gonna have some adult themed humor. You've got to have boobs in there somewhere <laughs> in all of these films. <laughs> it's just it's just part of it. So, um, before we dive into beat by beat, Stephen, I want you to tell us, you know. Why old school? What what reached out to, to you on this film that you wanted to pick it and talk about it with us? Sure. So old school to me, um, at that point, I was uh, – I never got the chance to go to a real, uni- a real university. So I never got to experience that real college feel that I'm sure, Adam, you felt and John, you probably had too. Um, I never got to experience that. So for me, this kind of being – with older guys and in doing the fraternity and all that stuff, it kind of, it kind of was like a fantasy for me. Like, oh, that'd be cool. That'd be something that I, I wish I could have experienced. Nice, huh? Yeah, like uh, uh, that totally makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Although, admittedly, I did nothing with fraternities. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was in the marching band, and you could kind of call that a nerd fraternity. <laughs> nerd. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah, and I wasn't in a frat, but I was in a rugby team, and we did a lot of dumb drinking and dumb stuff. Um, Sound like a frat. If it had aspects yeah. of that, um, and I went to enough frat parties and partied. And I remember, I think I can't remember if I told this story before. I think it was like within like the first week or two that I went to college. Uh, a buddy who had been pledging or who'd, who got into a frat or whatever, he was a friend from high school, and invited me and some others uh, to the party and I ended up this was the that was the first time I actually really drank uh, and I ended up puking all over the frat's foyer like <laughs> all over it like it was rough um I, I didn't get invited back after that <laughs> you didn't go streaking no I didn't I didn't go streaking so but yes yeah, so I'll talk about some of that stuff uh so yeah I guess Stephen you're right you could probably say I've had some some of that aspect and I think that's a really cool idea as to or cool reasoning as to why you appreciate this movie and you get a totally different aspect out of it uh that john and i do yeah so and i mean i just love will ferrell and vince vaughn and mm-hmm. all those all those guys so for me that that era like you guys mentioned earlier with the um with the american pies and the wedding mm-hmm. crashers i was really in, into all those movies back then too so yep i mean it makes sense they definitely i i've, I've watched pretty much every single one of them around Probably my end of high school, early college, I would buy the DVD. Pretty much everyone that I mentioned, I owned the DVD, mm-hmm. um, and I would watch, and they were fun. They were dumb, they were stupid, they were fun. and You could just turn your brain off and watch it. Yeah. 
yeah, it's good stuff. All right. All right. Well, let's start our breakdown. And we're going to start off with uh, Mitch is at some business seminar and he ditches early. Uh, he heads to the airport because he wants to get back home early. Um, we see he's a little bit of a worrywart kind of guy. Nothing crazy, but he's just kind of like just a normal-esque dude. We get a, a nice song that's playing. looking back. We get a good little song playing here while he is, uh, we get a montage of him kind of traveling back and he gets home and he finds his girlfriend, Heidi, um, watching porn mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's into it. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, I would have been into that too. That, that's, that's pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's a little bit less into it when this blindfolded <laughs> naked couple comes out of the closet. And he's all freaked out about what the hell is going on. You know, <laughs> he asked her, she's, she's all like, well, what, what's going on? You know, do you want, and he's asking her like, you know, hey, I want you to tell her, I want you to be honest, you know, or, you know, tell me that this is the first time. And I love her response of, well, do you want me to be honest, or do you want me to tell you that this is the first time? Jesus, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, if that was me, I'd probably just, I'd be up for it. Just let, let's ride, baby. <laughs> yeah, she but actually gave not. me one of my favorite lines from that movie was when they were in the kitchen, and she was saying, she's like, I'm really sorry. And she's yeah. like, bless, bless <laughs> I know, she so smokes. <laughs> yes. She's obviously not giving any shits. Yeah. So. Why were they blindfolded? Do you think? I guess it was all part of the fun. Like you know, they were. Yeah, but why start blindfolded in the bathroom and then have to have them like blindly make their way? To... <sighs> no. That just seems like a safety hazard. I mean, come on, people. <laughs> safety first, even in an orgy. <laughs> yes, I guess so. Uh, we then, speaking of orgies, we hear the doorbell ring, and this guy he opens up and he says, "I'm here for the gangbang." Um, so obviously. <laughs> That ain't good. Luke or uh, um, Mitch is not appreciating that. So uh, if anybody did not know, that gangbang guy uh, was our director, Todd Phillips, making a cameo. Oh, okay. He did look familiar to me. Yeah, he, he used to make like little cameos in, in his early movies. Um, but uh, he, I think he stopped doing that after a little while. But but yeah, so he's the gangbang dude. <laughs> If he'd made that, uh, if he'd made that same cameo in Joker, I might have been more inclined to watch it. <laughs> oh, did you not see Joker? No, I did not. Oh, oh it's that's phenomenal. A great Haven't seen it. Phenomenal. Not gonna see it because uh, <laughs> it's probably the best DC movie out there. You know what? You're yes, absolutely for the most at least, for at least for the most recent years for like the last decade, without question, the best DC movie. Well, if uh, if two days ago was any indication, that is not a high bar. <laughs> yeah, John and I, this is, we're gonna do I a have quick heard little. Yes, two fine things of Wonder Woman. <laughs> we did. We watched it. And, I haven't watched oh. it. Yet. I haven't watched it yet, but okay, my wife well, was like, I haven't heard many too good things from my friends on Facebook about this movie. Yeah, we'll try not to sway you too much, but it's pretty obvious our <laughs> thoughts on it just from <laughs> just from that. Um, all right, moving on. Yeah, so, all right, we cut to a wedding, and their buddy Frank, Will Ferrell, is getting married. Uh, Vince Vaughn's beanie is kind of, he's talking shit to, to Mitch <laughs> yes. early on, and he's talking shit to Frank about, you know, don't do it, get, you know, don't do this shit, get out of it, and I want to say, fuck him. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is, what an asshole thing to do during this guy's wedding. Yeah. I mean, it's... The bridesmaids <laughs> even thought so, too. <laughs> I mean, everybody is obvious. Being he's just that kind of dude, but um, I mean, even when the yeah, when the bride comes up and he's coughing, don't do it. Bah, ah, you know, he should be kicked out right then and there. 
in my mm. opinion. But I don't know. Frank's Frank's kind of a, a pussy with, with all that stuff early <laughs> on. Um, it's not till we get a little bit later and he gets a little liquid courage. If you don't, if you if you will. <laughs> so, all right. Then uh, we get the Dan Band is playing the wedding. Yes. And I'm not gonna lie. I appreciate <laughs> the fucking Dan Band. <laughs> I love the Dan Band. Every now and then I get a little bit nervous that the best of all our years have gone by. Every now and then I get a little bit terrified. I see the fucking look in your eyes. Yeah, they they show up in a couple different movies, um, and I think a couple Todd Phillips films. But um, you know, there's this kind of comedy cover band, uh, and I just love how he just adds fuck into the middle of <laughs> in different spots. And I, they they played that into here, and like the the, the um, wife uh, is kind of looking looking over every time he starts singing and every fucking now and then i pull apart like it's just ah they actually have a page on spotify where you you actually listen to those songs perfect everyone go check them out because i think they're worth it i I was gonna ask if they were a real band yeah Yeah. i'm pretty certain that they've made some stuff before okay so uh all right at the reception mitch runs into nicole an old friend. Um, he's a bit drunk, obviously, because of his ruined relationship that he had with Heidi. Uh, he spills coffee all over her, and it's just kind of awkward. It's also obvious that he likes her. Huh? I wonder what's going to happen. Um, you know, <laughs> obviously, the romantic aspects in the film. Uh, she is the romantic lead. Um, then Mitch, he decides to make a drunk speech, and it does not go well. <laughs> but then Beanie takes over, and I will say he did a good job of covering. That was a great you know? cover. Yes, he keeps it very <laughs> simple to me. He knows, he, he, I mean, it does show he's a salesman. Yeah. Uh, no. So he owns, like, you know, was it six speaker cities? Uh, and so he is good when it comes to, when he has to be on, he's good. But when he's himself, he's, he's awful. <laughs> so Mitch got a new apartment or a new house that he is renting, which is right by campus, this whatever fictional campus uh, that they're at. Like Harrison uh, or something? Near. Yeah, here it's, I mean, I, honestly, I didn't even really remember what, what it, was. it was. They're near some university. Frank, I do love this. This uh, this is a re- reoccurring gag through the film. Uh, Frank, he tries to re-gift this bread maker <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> back to Mitch as a housewarming, but it's what Mitch got them for his wedding. You know, we also see that Beanie has got his kids over. Uh, you know, he's excited for Mitch's new place and just think about all the parties that he can have. Then we get one of the, I think, one of the biggest things that actually came out of this movie, uh, which is the phrase earmuffs. Yeah. And he tells it right here. You get the first little bit where he tells uh, one of his kids to put on earmuffs. Max, can you earmuff it for me? And then he can, like, speak adult. <laughs> so I don't have kids, but have any of y'all tried earmuffs or, or, or a variation of that? To a degree. I've actually used that and say earmuffs now. <laughs> I won't go as far as Vince Vaughn does because they they can still kind of hear you, especially mm-hmm. if you're being loud. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I mean, I have I've had to add them, tell them earmuffs, or mm-hmm. and and just make them close their ears while I whisper something yeah. to my wife or something like that. <laughs> yes. But not to the point where I'd shout it because I know they would hear. Oh it. Yeah. yeah, but it's definitely something that I think kind of permeated pop culture a little bit. Oh yeah. So. All right, so but Beanie wants to throw this big ass party 
at the house, obviously. Uh, then we cut to Frank's place, and we see he's not really coping well with married life. Um, he's kind of leaning back into his bachelorhood style. He's drinking a beer. Uh, he's working on his old like Camaro or whatever that was, Trans Am or something. Mm-hmm. We got White Snake. Here we go again, playing. I mean, it's just classic badassitude right there. I mean, well, someone who's like in his 40s who thinks things are badass, but he's not really badass <laughs> anymore. Um, but we can tell that his wife is disappointed and she, you know, she wants to do the wifely and, and married, not wifely, but the married-esque kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's he's struggling moving into that world. So, um, and she does give a little warning here, a little foreshadowing saying, you know, it's, hey, you're drinking your beer or whatnot. And we got this party coming up. You've come a long way from Frank the Tank. We don't want him coming back now, do we? And so as a viewer, I'm like, huh, who's Frank the Tank? Yeah. What what also gets me, though, is so she obviously has known him for a long time, probably mm-hmm. since the college days. Yeah. Or, or, or yeah. She, I would think she would have had to. Yeah. yeah. But then, like, she's surprised at how he's acting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, the question is, is did he all of a sudden revert back after he got married to, like, his college days? Like... Or, because I mean, you would, I would assume like, if they hadn't lived together, they were definitely like around each other a long enough time mm-hmm. to, to get married. How would she not understand him being like that? Yeah, I, I took it as yes, that he is a, a doing a revert okay. right here because I think, you know, they were doing a, they're, they're a cute little couple, like, you know, exactly what she was kind of wanting. Uh-huh. Um, and then, you know, not to say she was manipulating him or whatnot, but, but she's, you know, he was this little puppy you know and then they were whatever and they had their qc relationship that she liked and that's why they got married and whatnot i think even i don't know is this was during the party never mind that he says he's going to be doing like this really fun saturday or other shit like yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's coming stuff. up yes but i think i think that's kind of what their life was before um but like he here he is i think this is just a hint of a single day where he's no i want to kind of feel like my bachelor life again so that's mm, that's my yeah. that's what was my take on okay it. that kind of makes sense so uh, all right, so we cut to the party at Mitch's, and it is just this big-ass over-the-top party. Um, definitely, they're not caring about sound ordinances, I'm assuming, that are <laughs> probably on. I mean, that's me as an adult looking at it now. But, uh, yeah, Beanie, apparently, we find out he owns like a bunch of speaker stores, and he had all, he had all this money and whatnot to, to set this stuff up for him. We see that Frank gets pressured into doing a beer bong, uh, and John, would you be supi- surprised or Steven, would you be surprised to find out that I was kind of the beer bong guy in my group? No. Um, not at all. <laughs> no, no, that was pretty quick, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I definitely was like the chugger in my group. Um, I chugged the fastest beer bongs I was quite good at. Um, anything long and cylindrical would go in my mouth and I could <laughs> suck it down fast. Is it? <laughs> would it surprise you to know that I've never done a beer bong? Um, I mean... Well, yeah, you're not a beer guy. No, I'm not. I mean, a beer if guy. You, if you, if I knew that you even just did beer recreationally every like once a month or every you know just a little bit, but you've never enjoyed beer to nope. my knowledge. So yeah, nope. okay. But we could do it with Powerade. <laughs> Powerade Zero. Do you want to do a Powerade Zero bong? No. I would do that for you, John. <laughs> no. Uh, oh, okay. No, I've done I've done big ones. I've done like two story ones. Oh uh, I've gosh. done I've done some. I mean, they're just a long, just a long tube. You just suck it down. It's fun though. It's delicious. It's I don't know. I enjoyed it. I know one thing I never liked was the shotgunning. It always got over me. It got all over my clothes. 
but like it's spewed all over you. Yeah, exactly. You know, you just hit it a little hard, you tap it a little extra, and it gets all over your face. And I don't want that. Yeah, I want it contained. That's why you, get, that's why you gotta be gentle. Contain it in my mouth. Yeah, that's all I want. Because all I want to do is swallow. So, so. I could anyway. go so many different directions. Yes, no, but yes, I was the the probably like the the overt chugger. I was the Frank the Tank, um, at least in one of my groups or in a couple of my groups. Yeah, so not a surprise. So, um, but it was, I was good at it. I was quite good. All right. Anyway, <laughs> we do got a great line though. Absolutely fantastic line. Once he does his his beer bong, Frank's like, "Once it hits your lips, it's so good." It's so good. Once it hit your lips, it's just yes. it's like boom. I had that same line written down. Instant addiction is just flared right back up. So it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, Beanie brings. It's so cold. Is going. It's so, it's so cold. It's so cold. Uh, uh, Beanie brings Snoop Dogg on stage, uh, which would be ridiculously badass for a uh, house party. Yeah. Yeah. Todd Phillips got him by bribing him with the Huggy Bear part from Sarsky and Hutch. Oh, really? really? Yeah. He, okay. he agreed to let, he, he said he, he could have the part if he did the cameo. Okay. All right, that makes sense. I totally get that. Um, I was not a big fan of Starsky and Hutch, personally. I don't know about you guys. I I didn't bother to watch I it. I watched okay. it, but I don't remember it at all. Yeah, it's pretty forgettable. I mean, I do like, I like. I think he did Road Trip as well. I love Road Trip. Yeah. And a lot of those other ones. But yeah, for some reason, Starsky and Hutch just wasn't wasn't really my jam. But um, all right, we see Frank, that just more about the party. Frank is hitting the beer bongs hard. Um, I do love it when he gets up, he does this. <laughs> Frank the Tank gun motion, I, whatever it is, that motion just goo, 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 moves around. It's just, I mean, that those are things that exactly I, I think about when it comes to like dumb parties in college and whatnot. That that absolutely would do it. Uh, and we also get people just cheering Frank the Tank, Frank the Tank, and it's just you know he's back. I want to know how they knew that <laughs> name. Like, did so, he mention it uh, to them? Because not at all during the initial drinking was he mentioning that. <laughs> That's a fair point. He, yes, he probably had the bong in his mouth the entire time and didn't didn't really bring it up. But I think you can just infer it. You just know. You see him in his element, and you can tell he's Frank the Tank. <laughs> uh, then we uh, cut to this cute college girl comes up to Mitch, yes. played by Alicia Cuthbert. Uh, she is most famous for The Girl Next Door, which is also kind of in that somewhat Same raunchy name. comedy yeah. kind of group. You know, we see Frank, he comes up on stage. And I, I always forget that we wow. get this so early in the film uh, where he is up. He has got nothing on. He disrupts the Snoop Dogg concert. We're going streaking. Yes! We're going streaking. <laughs> and I love He's just, hey, Snoop, come on, Snoop, Snoop a loop. And he just, he just, he heads out by himself. Trying to start a whole big streaking party, people running with him, uh, and nobody is falling. But they just kind of get there really quickly. They're they're not like they give you just a little bit of a setup of hey Frank uh, might have a drinking problem, um, <laughs> but then they they just like give you a hint of that, and then they're like, all right, yeah, there's like no build up. Here it is, people. Here is all the problems. Exactly. And so I always kind of forgot that it was so quickly, but it's just a great scene. Uh, he's running through just the uh, the streets. He ends up being uh running into his wife basically his wife is driving with her friends having a girls night and uh, they come behind him i will say will ferrell's <laughs> ass is not attractive he's i mean i am not someone with a good looking body in my opinion but like he has got just some, some weird non-curves to him and just like he's he's like a big plank or something and he's got a flat <laughs> ass and it just it looks gross i mean i'm not i'm not particularly into dudes but 
I mean, I can still understand a good-looking body and a not, and Will Ferrell, not a good-looking body. But that all adds to the humor of it. He's no Chris Evans. Yeah, I think that was the point. <laughs> that was the point. He is no Chris Evans. Exactly. If it was Chris Evans, <laughs> I could watch America's Ass Run uh, streaking probably all day. <laughs> so... Uh, but yeah, so things get a little awkward with um, her and her friends in the car. I do love uh, Laura's line. Hey, Frank, look like it looks like it's been a little cold out there today because <laughs> he's got a tiny penis right now. It's shrinkage, everybody. It happens. It's real. <laughs> it's a thing. It, it happens. So uh, in the morning, Mitch wakes up and the hot blonde. Alicia Cuthbert is next to him, and he's very awkward about it. You know, he doesn't he doesn't doesn't know what to do. He hasn't had like a hookup in a long time. Mm-hmm. You can tell, you know. But she's just there to have some fun, and she looked good. She she's a very attractive woman. Um, <laughs> yeah, this girl yeah. in this instance, <laughs> which we will come. To. Yeah, we'll get there. So on the couch, uh, Beanie is up, and he's watching one of his own commercials, things like that. In comes Dean Pritchard who is a nerd. He apparently was bullied by these guys back in the day. So kind of also shows these guys are a little bit of dicks and they probably yeah. deserve some of this. Jeez. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, Pritchard was really a dick. Yes. I mean, now that he has the upper hand, he's, he's not doing the, you know, I don't know, the, the gracious thing where he should, oh, no. know, not taking the high road, not taking the high road. No, no, no. He's, he can't, he can't, he's the kind of guy who can't wait for his time to bully someone else mm-hmm. you know he needed he's being a full-blown douche yeah, yeah massive douche so apparently the house that uh mitch just rented has been rezoned for campus use mitch has a week to vacate and so oh shit they got to figure out what's going on uh frank and his i w- did love uh dean Pritchard's nickname from uh college oh. cheese Cheese, yes. <laughs> I can't remember why. I really they... wanted them to touch on that a little bit yeah. more. Like, why was he named Cheese? Oh, that's right. Cheese. That's, you're right. They did. I, I don't know why. It's just, just one of those little things you have to figure out and infer. I'm, maybe he, he smelled. That's my thought. Maybe it's just mm. a smelly guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We're, the world may never know. All right. So uh, Frank and his wife are pretty quickly in couples counseling. <laughs> that didn't take long. And <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, we're all married guys here, and that just that does not sound like a good sign to, to me um, if you're in couples counseling that quickly. I mean, that time span had to be, what, like a month to two months, maybe? Uh, yeah, I would I would give that maybe, <laughs> if that. <laughs> so, I mean, it feels much more like it's within a week, honestly, but yeah. maybe it is a month. Um, but yeah, the counseling doesn't go well. Frank opens up a bit too much about his fantasies and things like that. <laughs> So the underwear, yeah, all of that stuff. So, um, yeah, we just get to, and just also about the fear of being just with one person and things like that. So, yeah, he's obviously not ready for this relationship uh, that, mm-hmm. that he thought. Uh, we get Mitch at work, and he's in a meeting with his boss. In comes the boss's daughter, who is the hot blonde from uh, the night before or the time before, or however time we're at right now oh snap we find out that she's uh you know not in college she's a senior or something in high school oh yeah she is because he's about to she's about to graduate or something he says or, yeah. can you believe my baby girl's a senior in high school yep and um uh, excuse me what yeah excuse me what uh now <laughs> she could be 18 there are 18 yes. year old seniors but still that ain't that ain't cool man so uh, i'm gonna tell this story <laughs> somewhat related oh. kind of unrelated and it involves you adam mm. oh the fuck so, um, for my bachelor party, oh god, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> uh, we all went out to gentlemen's clubs, as one does. 
Um, but because my younger brother was only 18 at the time of my bachelor party, we had to go to uh, certain ones because uh, I don't know where it is, how it is in other parts of the country, but here in Vegas, you have two types. You have the topless, which are serve alcohol, and the completely nude, which do not serve alcohol and are 18 and up. Uh, the alcohol ones are 21 and up. So Adam could not go to the 21 and up ones, which everyone else wanted to go to because everyone else wanted yeah, to drink. But at least I saw full mm-hmm. nude, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So we go to a gentleman's club. Adam decides he's going to buy me a dance. I can't remember if <laughs> you picked the girl or if I picked the girl. <laughs> I'm going to say you picked the girl. And so she took me back for the lap dance. When she was done, she got dressed as you do when you're finished with that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And she and I were just talking and she said uh, something about having to get up early for class. And I said, Oh, do you go to UNLV? And she said, no, I'm in high school. <laughs> and I oh, got no. the fuck out of there. Oh, woo. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. So was it a good dance? You know what? I, don't, <laughs> I remember it not being all that great. Okay. It was not good all pick, that great. Adam. Good pick. It was not all that great. <laughs> okay. So yeah, there's my, accidentally in high school story <laughs> well, all right fair enough I, I didn't sleep with her so no exactly you were at a legal establishment and it's yes. their duty to make sure that she is of age um yes you could you would yeah. very much should uh, assume that she is of legal age since yes. you're um yeah. well they're very harsh on that sort of thing so i mm-hmm. think if she wasn't like the 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 establishment would not have risked losing their license yeah of course for someone else's stupidity yep i would imagine so yeah also, I also wouldn't be surprised. Like, uh, never mind. I'm not gonna go. To, <laughs> not gonna go. To, I'm just thinking about some of the creep guys that would get off on that. Uh, all right. Uh, Mitch gets home uh, to find Frank is now there waiting for him. He's thrown out uh, pretty quickly. I guess um, it's not a safe space. Uh, they're couples counseling, so <laughs> now um, he's kind of yeah, he's out. He's out on a, on, on his own for the for a time, little little time being. They walk in and Beanie is already there talking to a bunch of guys. You know, what the hell's going on? Talking about like a fraternity. What the fuck is this? Uh, And one person asks a question, you know, about like, oh, how is this tied into the university? And did you recognize that person, John? I did. Ah, Steven, yes. And Steven, tell us who it was. Wallowitz from Big Bang Theory. Correct. Simon, uh, was it Helberg? Yeah. Yeah, Simon Helberg, yeah. Yep, yep. He was Wallowitz. That was good. I kind of forgot that he was in this one for sure. It's not a big part. No. uh, But it's good. He, He shows up periodically with the rest of the pledges exactly yeah uh so uh we find out that you know yes to get around this whole rezoning issue they have to be affiliated with the school and somehow and so they're deciding to create a fraternity to be able to keep staying at the house beanie gives mitch this whole godfather nickname that just kind of keeps popping up you know he's (laughs) kind of you know the the quote-unquote godfather. Then we get, in my opinion, the best usage of earmuffs. They kind of go into their kitchen. <laughs> I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. They can say, fuck, shit, bitch, whatever you want. Cock, balls. Okay. He puts the kid up, says earmuffs, and says, see, you just say earmuffs. You know, you can say shit, fick, fuck, bitch, cunt, whatever the hell. And, and then Frank kind of chimes in with some extras, getting excited about it. But like to me, that was, that was the best one of those. Um, just fun stuff. Uh, good quotes. I mean, th- these comedies, as as dumb raunchy as you know they are, they all have just a good, a couple good quotes from them. Like American Pie, mm-hmm. obviously has a couple yeah. good ones, and this one, I it, it absolutely yeah. has some ones that I kind of forgot that that came from it. So, Mitch eventually acquiesces and agrees to do the whole frat thing. So, boom, there we go. Uh, we cut to Master of Puppets by Metallica playing oh, yeah. as. 
<laughs> These guys are driving through with a van. They're doing some hazing. Uh, we get a little kind of kind of montages of them doing that. They kidnap, you know, the guys in the van, uh, and then they do this trust haze of dropping of a cinder block <laughs> that's tied to their penises, if you will, and not if you will. It's tied to their penises. <laughs> and for, so for, I like Frank's trying to intimidate them. Um, in this one, we know this really old dude, and another blue. Exactly, you're my boy, Blue. We get that. You're that. Uh, you know, that line, another really good line. I probably use that quote more than any other from this movie. Fair enough. That one absolutely gets it quite a bit. And Blue! Yes, sir. Do you trust that I do not want to see you die here tonight? Sir, yes, sir. Blue, you're my boy! Thank you, sir. And then, ha, 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 funny, one of the cinder blocks falls through a manhole, and this fat guy gets pulled down. His wiener should have been just yanked right off. <laughs> I don't know exactly how many pounds of pressure it takes to yank a wiener, but I would imagine a cinder block that went through a sewer manhole would do it. Like To me, the unbelievable part was that the cinder block went through the manhole cover. Yes, that is yeah. a weak, weak-ass manhole cover. <laughs> like, if somebody walks over it, it would probably fall down. Fall yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, those cinder blocks is not that much, and even if it dropping is probably not much more than exactly my weight standing on it. So, yeah. Was, uh, I think they pretty... said like, the cinder block was like 30 pounds. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, eh. But uh, funny little, you know, again, raunchy comedy humor. That's really all <laughs> it was. So, penises are funny. Um, and they are. Have you seen one? They're they're weird. <laughs> they look like little sea monsters. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Do you ever put googly eyes on yours and just kind of... <laughs> No? Just me? Just you, Adam. This just. is going in a way farther direction than I anticipated. <laughs> and not that far. <laughs> Six, seven inches? I, I guess I should. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. While we're doing the raunchy comedy, I feel like we got to make this episode a little extra raunchy. That's <laughs> just how it goes. Uh, all right. <laughs> Where was I? Penises. I, I did. I didn't actually write that in my notes. That was off the cuff right okay. there. That was oh. that was Adam freeballing it, if you will. Uh, <laughs> all right. So then they have like a classic fraternity march. Um, Pritchard's pissed about the whole situation. They've apparently been approved for temporary status. Um, we kind of find out just about their loophole and, and how they're currently in the situation that they're in. So uh, at work, we see Mitch's coworkers are begging him to be a part of the frat. Um, you know, but like the one guy is like, Hey, I, we need this or I need this. And just kind of showing that these guys who never really had that experience, or maybe they miss that experience. And now lives has just become so mundane um, that they, they really want this kind of stuff. They, they, they need this in their lives because otherwise it's just the fuck's the point of living. So that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it's funny. I, I get it, though. Uh, but Mitch is just kind of worried about the whole thing right now. So we cut over to his place, overcomes Nicole and her daughter, and we meet. So we're seeing them again. She gives her, uh, she gives him a CD holder. Um, I do like Beanie being a dick about it. Like, no, this is a piece of shit. Like, we, we used to sell it, but then we got rid of it. I don't know. She's trying to be nice. Beanie is a dick. Be- Beanie the douche. Like, just ultimately keeps tying that in uh, people keep calling mitch the godfather she's kind of like curious what the hell that's all about um and frank acts weird with a sex doll <laughs> that, that was i had that written down that was an awesome awesome yeah. scene 
Exactly. It was like what, like a nurse's uniform or or some school other schoolgirl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I don't know, just just dumb frat kind of humor. It's really what it is. Um, but Mitch and Nicole end up kind of making a date. So uh, we then get another great song. This is the "Ain't No Sunshine." Is that by? Was that Bill Withers? I mm-hmm. think. Yep. Yeah. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. And Frank. And we're not here, so leave us a message. Um, so, yeah, fantastic soundtrack to this one. They yeah. definitely spared no expense on that. Frank calls his wife, Marissa, and he tries to leave a message, but it doesn't go well as he's trying to leave his message. I always like that. He had to do multiple times. Um, we also find out that she and her friends are currently taking this blowjob course uh, that is taught by Andy Dick, who's uh, just being very Andy Dick. Yeah. yeah. I, had, I, had, I had written down my notes uh the blowjob class class with Andy Dick. Yeah. Irony? Irony? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Andy Dick, he's a name, but he's also, yeah. Yeah, that just makes sense. And uh, I do love that he's playing Duran Duran's Hungry Like the Wolf while he's teaching them how to give a, a BJ or a proper <laughs> BJ and that kind of stuff. Uh, Frank pulls up during this class, and from the angle that he sees in a window, it looks as if Marissa is giving him head. He then comes into the kitchen to kick... Andy Dick's, I don't even know what the, the blow, it's just Andy Dick, Andy yeah. Dick's ass, uh, but Andy ends up kicking his ass, uh, just kind of funny. And then we cut to uh, Beanie's big ass house, he's having a birthday party, and uh, Nicole comes in, we meet her boyfriend Mark, played by Craig Kilborn, mm-hmm. who I remember mostly, honestly, from The Daily Show before Jon Stewart. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not a lot of people know that he was a host uh, that there was a host before Jon Stewart. He wasn't all that good. That's why he only lasted like maybe two seasons. Yeah. And then they swapped him out. I remember actually watching. Yeah, I watched the show. I remember you watching it for when, sure. Uh, when he was on it. And I, did, I didn't I mind it. I thought he was good. Yeah. I was a little iffy on Jon Stewart when he came in, but obviously Jon Stewart grew into his, his part and really took it off and made it his own. Yeah, he did. I think he took more of a political... Um, right aspect to it and really leaned into the the comedy on less the politics. of the sort of weird fake news type yes. stuff that they did initially exactly so um all right but the uh uh beanie's kid wants to open up a present and it's a present from frank and a ha 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 running <laughs> gag it's the bread maker that frank was trying to give back to mitch he's now giving it to the kid i like i like that uh, beanie just kind of gives him the slow yeah <laughs> slow back yeah. and forth exactly so uh we then see mark the boyfriend of Nicole, he's flirting. You know, he's just just he's flirting with some uh, some waitress or someone there, one of the caterers, just establishing him a little bit of as a jerk. Uh, we then find out that um, Mitch and Nicole had crushes on each other. Uh, you know, when they were back in school, planting that seed, more seeds of their relationship and their kind of um, interest in each other. Uh, we then see Mark making out with that girl he was flirting with earlier as Mitch walks in on them into the bathroom, and he. Mark calls out Mitch, you know, not to tell on him because it's guy code. And I'm just like, fuck that. (laughs) If this was me and I had the chance to get with a girl that I liked a lot and her boyfriend had done something stupid like this in a heartbeat. I don't give a shit about guy code. There is no guy code. Yeah, exactly. Uh Not when it's getting in the way of me and my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, it would have just been it would have been the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because he had no ties with Mark. Why, why would he need to protect him? His close friend is Nicole. He should protect her. Right. Like, that makes no goddamn sense. And Mitch yeah. feels like he's a stand-up guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he's, you know, 
I think he gets talked into a lot of things. Yeah, I agree. Yes, mm. absolutely. That definitely shows. <laughs> that shows that in this. Movie. But ultimately, yeah, I agree. He's a, he's a he's a good guy. Because mm-hmm. how fast did it take him to talk him into the frat? <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't take much convincing. Yeah, Beanie walks all over him. That yeah. kind of stuff. So I think that definitely is part of it. So. Um, Frank, Frank finds a tranquilizer gun uh, yes. in the petting zoo area. Uh, we meet the petting zoo guy, played by Sean William Scott, who mm-hmm. most people know as Stifler from American Pie. Uh, but he's um, Frank ends up accidentally shooting himself in the jugular. Uh, we get, I don't know, just great lines from Sean, Sean William Scott. And he goes, Yes! That's awesome! What? You just took one in the jugular, man! And then... Frank just kind of voice gets a little bit deeper, gets a, gets a little bit um, slower, a little bit more fucked up. Uh, Frank falls down, you know, face first, and then he ends up getting this whole monster crash as he gets up and crashes through this table. It's all kind of slow-mo-y, um, just fun. And then he dives into the water, and you think he might drown as Simon and Garfunkel sounds of silence plays. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And then, uh, and then Frank, you know, is pulled out and has to do, uh, he has this whole dream sequence of him and Marissa um, on the beach and he's about to kiss her and he wakes up as the Sean William Scott is giving him out to mouse and he's <laughs> frenching him and it's funny again just good just good raunchy humor here pritchard meets with the student council president and basically he bribes her into removing the temporary status from the frat okay just to keep that plot point moving that they're uh, gonna have yeah. trouble with their frat like okay so the when we first kind of meet pritchard he's obviously a, a dick to the guys mm-hmm. now the fact that the guys picked on him maybe in college or something like that and he's kind of now being a dick to them i don't condone it but i understand it here, when he's being a dick to the president, student body president, mm-hmm. now I hate him. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Now, because like every time she turns around, he's like, "Turn around, don't look at." Yeah, yeah. And just, yeah. Like, now he's a complete and total douche. He is. Um, I will say it's interesting that the student body president isn't. She she was all for like these guys and their parties and whatnot. And when I think of like student body presidents, I don't think about like the party people <laughs> and that kind of yeah. stuff. But maybe it just shows how beloved this frat has become mm-hmm. uh you know to to they appeal to everybody yeah apparently so at uh, mitch's office nicole's there apparently she and mark are going to be moving in together so uh-oh you know that's that's continuing and mitch knows something about that and he's not happy um he doesn't end up telling her about his infidelity so the, then some of the frat guys come in with an emergency they apparently can't get enough ky jelly for blue's birthday <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah definite emergency like like, we can't get it in like big gallons because it'll be like three five days yes exactly they can only get the little tubes and they're gonna have to get too much of it yeah i never had that problem when i was buying my (laughs) ky in bulk uh it's always they always knew the amount i needed no it you had to hook up at the uh warehouse yes i have the hookup uh all right we then did you know that you can actually buy a barrel of lube on amazon (laughs) What? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a 55-gallon barrel. How, like a drum, basically? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's KY per se, but it's yeah. definitely lube. Okay. I mean, this probably is exactly for these kind of parties or 
I don't know what else we would need to loop. I don't up. know. I never went to any parties like this, unfortunately. Um, I never did like yeah, unfortunately. I never <laughs> did a parties like this. I definitely did enough ones where you know boobs came out. And um, did you ever go? You, did you ever go to the foam party at uh, that was downtown? No. In Athens? Okay, so this was fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a fifty-five gallon drum on Amazon for two thousand dollars. How much? Two thousand. You guys want to pull your money? How much? How much? Are we, we can get this. We can do a uh, black the scene. Blast from our past KY party. Who gets to be blue? Uh, uh, oh, oh. Uh, I mean, he he kicks he it. He kicks it, but at least he goes out pretty well. Well, as we find out. Um, oh, but anyway, I I never did a KY, but I did. There was a there was a bar in downtown in downtown Athens uh, that used to do foam parties, mm-hmm. and so you would go in there, and then you know you'd go into the dance floor, and they would have foam that would just pile up right. and you could not see your your hand away from your face because there was so much foam now wow. granted people were just doing the dirtiest things <laughs> with each other and whoever else you know while the foam and they couldn't see stuff right no comment if i did anything like that <laughs> the stuff I'm not gonna say um i was there with a friend and it was fun <laughs> it was awesome. well, i'm gonna say she she was she was fun um but yeah, that was probably probably the closest that I had, but it was it was that was a good time. So, all right, enough of my. You guys, I was the party guy, obviously. I already established yeah. that. <laughs> so. All right, uh, we cut to the party. We see the whole KY wrestling match. Mitch is getting his ass kicked um, by some female. She's actually just punching the shit out of him. Yeah. It's not really yeah. much of a wrestling match <laughs> yeah, right there. It was like a boxing match. Yeah, she just wrecked him. Uh, Frank is a ref, and he's really into it. Um, we do see. Beanie kind of flirting with this girl alone in a room, and that's kind of weird. You know, we know him as a douche. I also see him there sucking out something from a balloon. Is that like whippets or something? I, I couldn't tell I what that know. was. I'm not. I thought they were they were doing helium, but obviously well, not. I don't think doing helium is a thing. You're so you're so sweet, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> innocent, innocent, sweet Stephen. I don't. Yeah, you know. I don't think that's a thing. They were just trying to make funny voices. Exactly. <laughs> It was you don't definitely some acid or anything like, like that. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> some kind of drug for sure. Yeah. But uh, he can't go through with it, and you know he stays faithful. And so you got a little, you know, a little bit of respect points for him here. He obviously had the opportunity, uh, and he and he stayed faithful. So good for him. All right. Uh, then we cut to the main event of the KY wrestling. Eighty-nine-year-old um, Blue takes on two college girls. In the KY, they take off their tops, of course, because it's the raunchy comedy of the early 2000s. You're going to see some boobies, mm-hmm. and it's it's sexy times. Oh, that was something that I wanted to mention. So I have the DVD, and I watched my DVD, which is the unrated version. So now it said it was unrated version, but I don't remember what made it extra unrated. And so I don't know if there was any extra scenes that I had that y'all didn't, depending on what versions you watched. Not so far. Everything I have okay. had exactly like that. Yeah, so I, I watched feel... it on uh, HBO Max, and it was yeah, I, so there was I... nudity and everything okay. on it. So yeah, okay. See, I, I always had a feeling that there was never really anything extra unrated on it. Like maybe they added literally a couple frames of these, you know, girls' boobs or something, or some other scene, mm-hmm. and they haven't weren't, haven't been rated by the MPA, MPA, and that's why they can say unrated like mm. really when I you're feel trying- like that's just a marketing ploy exactly it's just it literally that's all it is you can add anything that hasn't been watched and rated and call it unrated version or you know that kind of cut um but i there's no other real boobs in the movie other than like the first ones when the girl when the blind people walk out or the blindfolded people walk out and then 
these two girls. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, I, that's how kids like me in college get suckered into buying <laughs> these movies. So, oh, you can buy the theatrical version or the unrated version for five bucks more. And then maybe it's more boobies. And then it ends up not being any right. extra boobies. So, but anyway, <laughs> so here, here we get some here. Uh, and, you know, I do love Frank Ask Blue if he can handle this. And his response is just fantastic. <laughs> Just ring the fucking bell, you pansy. He is into it. He is ready. Um, but as the woman, as the women kind of walk up to him, ready to to wrestle, uh, Blue, he's stiff and he falls over. And you kind of see his him. eyes too get real glassy. Yes, I was like, <laughs> so, oh, that is like they're like really trying to make it real. Yeah, I was. You know, I was watching this scene, and um, I I unfortunately cannot remember the actor's name or if he's still with us. I'm not sure. I think I'm not sure he is. Yeah, I uh, I don't remember. I I feel like I've seen him in maybe a small handful of other things, but yeah, but really not, not much. Anyway, because he falls over backwards, and I wondered, like, you know, I forgot whether or not we see him fall. And granted, we oh, don't gotcha. see him land. No, um, because he obviously he's landing onto a mat. But then you see his feet go up, and I'm like, that's commitment to the bit. Yeah. Commitment to the bit at his age. I wonder if he, if that was something they they thought of, or if he just did. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I would, I would imagine maybe they they probably had either like a, a blanket for him to fall into, or some kind of padding, or whatnot. But you know, he's my boy, my boy Blue. He did a good job. He, okay. His name his was name. Uh, Patrick Cransaw. Passed away in two thousand five. So only so two years after this movie aired. You're right. Wow. Okay. And he was eighty six when he died. So okay. Wow. Okay. You're my boy, Blue. Yeah. Okay. Born in 1919. <laughs> Ima- imagine that, like, and I know this is a weird tangent to take, but like, you know, granted, like, you know, 86 years, that's a that's a good life, but that's a fairly, you know, that's not a surprising length of time. Mm-mm. But think about the things that he's seen in the time between 1919 and 2005. Yeah. Like the tech- his first episode was in 1950 was his first oh, wow. appearance in anything. Well, and even then, that he would have been in his thirties or his forties almost at that point. So that's that's surprisingly late, even for an actor. So I mean, but like I don't know. I, to me, it always just it's always kind of crazy, and it's more of a testament, I guess, to how quickly we develop technologically than anything else. But mm-hmm. anyway, continue. Okay, we then cut to Blue's funeral, and Frank is giving a gorgeous rendition of "Dust in the Wind." I close my eyes only for a moment and the moment's gone all my dreams pass before my eyes in curiosity just in the wind i use gorgeous pretty loosely here (laughs) and again we get you're my boy blue you're my boy blue you're my boy He's just, you know, wrought with travesty because of his, his boy, his boy Blue is dead. Mitch and Marissa talk after the funeral and, you know, he's trying to rekindle things, but she's not feeling it. And she tells him that she wants a divorce. Oh, shit. Couple canceling hasn't worked. Kicking him out of the house, obviously, didn't <laughs> help either. So, uh, all right. We then cut to Nicole and Mark who are looking at a place uh, when he hears that, you know, she saw Mitch recently and he tells her that um, Mitch was the one who was being aggressive towards a caterer at the party um, or what, you know, at the birthday party that they were at. Um, even though we know it was him. Again, he's a jerk. I don't <laughs> like this guy. 
Uh, Mitch calls Nicole. They end up meeting up for coffee. Uh, the waiter gives them free stuff because he's the godfather. Ha ha ha. All this kind of stuff. Uh, she ends up confronting him about harassing the caterer. And Mitch tries to tell her, no, it wasn't me. It was Mark. But then, bad timing, Alicia Cuthbert <laughs> comes up, <laughs> who's wearing like her high school letter jacket. Uh, and, you know, uh, it obviously insinuates that, oh, my father doesn't know and insinuates that, you know, they slept together. And it's obvious she's a high schooler. And so now. Nicole- Who was that server? That server looked very familiar to me. Yes. I'm, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I totally recognized him, too. And I could not remember f- from what. Yeah. He has been in plenty of stuff. Like he's been like a character actor, I, I think. Yeah, he is. He absolutely is. And now I'm gonna look it up because you asked it. And <laughs> that waiter is Brian Callen. He has been in quite a bit of stuff. He's got 94 credits, a couple writing credits. Nothing intense on the writing, but acting wise, he's been in quite a few things. Oh, I remember him best from the Goldbergs. That's right. That's I don't know if you guys watched that show. He plays the uh, the gym coach. Oh, in the Goldbergs, oh, yeah. he was in like 42 episodes. Also, he was in the the spinoff show Schooled, but that didn't end up lasting. I think only a couple seasons. That's why I remember him. He had a small part in the Joker, so he's obviously done a couple things with uh, uh, Todd Phillips. But yes, yes, okay, he's got a a ton of like little one off characters as well. But yes, once I see that credit, for me, absolutely, the Goldbergs is the most. So cool. Uh, all right, so Nicole is now obviously thinking that. Mitch is a creep, uh, and so you know she's she's not having this. As she as she leaves, that waiter does give Mitch some sound advice. Hey, chicks, don't worry for her, huh? Love, it's a motherfucker, huh? And nothing is truer in this movie than love is a motherfucker. Am I right, guys? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whew, I was trying to have a good bonding moment there, John. And you we'll just, go with that. You'll go with that. All right. Not, not like it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a motherfucker. So, all right. <laughs> so right now we are at the low point for the main character as well as Frank. And uh, he also, Mitch then finds a, uh, a notice of eviction. And it's all due to the Dean, Dean Pritchard. Um, so Dean Pritchard then sends them a video basically telling them that they're fucked and they're watching that. Uh, the guy is then of the, fa- of the frat trying to figure out what to do next. Uh, Mitch then goes to his coworkers, the guys who asked earlier uh, to try and then get their help. And if they help him out, then they're in. So Mitch is now in go mode. And so he wants to try and, you know, get this shit solved. He steps up to his boss then as, as well. I'm just kind of seeing that he's, he is the godfather right now. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So they can, they can apparently appeal this, um, eviction and and whatnot to try and keep their house uh so they uh, apparently have to pass an inspection from the fraternity and show all this kind of contribution to the community and things like that so mitch motivates the crew so they can go through their appeal inspection uh we get to this different this inspection we start off with a debate portion which is funny <laughs> they bring in this uh, real debate guy. I've seen him before. He's like on. I think they said what Hardball or something. Yeah, he's like, um, God, I forget what it was. Some some big old political. He was. Show. Um, he was Bill Bill Clinton's. Um, he was part. He was his uh, political advisor. I think it was. Oh, okay. James Carville. That's his name. Yeah, James. Okay. Yeah, James Carville, the raging Cajun. The raging. Yes, the raging. In the Cajun. political scene. Yes. Yeah. Big on the political scene, but Frank then I don't know gets possessed or something, and he just pulls out this uh, this this 
fantastic debate and even even the raging cajun can't do shit about it so so boom check they did something great there uh in academics beanie uses his tie-ins with technology to help them all cheat and uh, they all, all using earpieces so boom they can do well on their uh, academic portion and then in school spirits they do this whole dance number to the everybody dance now <laughs> Fun, fun little thing, uh, but then Frank, as the mascot, really shines at first until he has to <laughs> jump through the flame of fire, the ring of fire. That does not go so well. <laughs> so then come uh, comes the student council president, and she's trying to talk to Dean. Uh, she finds out that the bribe that he was trying to give her was bullshit, and so you know, just establishing again, he is a fucking asshole. Um, so he kind of played her to try and get this uh, this thing in his favor so um all right now if they pass athletics they know they're in the what the athletic portion is that dean pritchard decides for them to do which in my opinion i find it particularly strange that they can pick what sport they're doing because yeah Yeah. different athletes even if you are like a top tier athlete you're not going to be good at say gymnastics if you were trained for ice hockey right or something else (laughs) so that's kind of strange um but Pritchard chooses gymnastics all around and they have to do the rings, the floor and the vault. Now, granted, I don't know what male all around is, but it's certainly more than just three events because um, they also it's have high bar. That's the they have high one. bar and they, and they have uh pommel horse. Yes. And they don't do vault. I don't think. Yeah, they, they do vault. Oh, they do vault yeah, and yeah, pommel yeah, horse. Okay. Vault. Okay. So then with the fact I do it, but yeah, well, no, 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 I meant, I meant in real, in real oh, gymnastics. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> certainly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you're probably right. So anyway, so then they, so here they have to do, yeah, floor rings and vault. Uh, so Frank does, uh, rhythmic gymnastics, which is a completely different sport. Totally different. And that and, plays on his, uh, uh, Spartan cheerleader bit from It kind of does, yeah. <laughs> it does play. Actually, originally it was supposed to be Luke Wilson doing that. Oh, oh. really? But he basically refused to do it because he had, he had record, he had been record or recording, he had been filming like the entire day before and was physically exhausted. Oh. So they asked Will Farrell to to do it. And it's would, would it have been Luke Wilson doing like the rhythmic gymnastics yeah. bit? That does not play as well. No, I think no. they I think it was definitely the better choice to have Will Farrell do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But you're right. I mean, men do not do rhythmic gymnastics to my knowledge. No. Um or yeah, where it's you know, usually you you have objects like a ribbon or a ball or a hoop or other stuff like that. Right. Um, that you're doing almost almost like a. I mean, it's a part dance, part gymnastics. Yeah. yeah. Um, where you know the more traditional gymnastics we know of, they are they're doing floor routines or like they're doing runs and tumbles and things like that. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, because it's Will Ferrell, it's gorgeous and it's funny. Uh, so he passes that, and then Beanie is doing the rings. I love that he is pulling himself up in the <laughs> ring with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Awesome. And then he spits uh, it out one after he's at the yes, top. After he gets there. Uh, now granted for a for a, a ring exercise just to get there standing in it or you know holding yourself in a tee wouldn't be much of a ring exercise. Right. But whatever, that's not the point. <laughs> We're not going for accuracy here. I couldn't do that. No, hell no. Mm-hmm. Uh and and then Pritchard chooses the big boy to do the vault. And so he runs, we get some 
classic slow-mo fat jiggling as they're running down the hall. Um, and then he hits the board, and he does like a triple front flip, and yeah. he lands it. He sticks it. Hooray! They did great for athletics. I Do liked you- his line that he screamed when he landed. I am a god. <laughs> I missed that. So Dean Pritchard lets them know that, fuck it, they didn't make it because one person scored zero on all of the events that they had to do uh, who was blue. And because blue was dead, but he was still on their uh, their roster, their right. official roster. So, Which I'm going to call bullshit because he picked the people to do the uh, yeah. the gymnastics thing. So he did not pick blue, so blue score should not have counted. True, exactly, because yeah. the athletics, they wouldn't have counted all the other people. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 good call. Uh, but uh, then we see that student council president. She shows up and shows uh, Mitch this tape that was she was recording of the recent time talking about the bribe and you know Pritchard being an asshole. Um, so they have that, and so now Pritchard grabs the tape and he runs. And you know, small little chase scene where he ends up fighting with Frank, and Pritchard ends up getting away. I do like this little scene here where you know Frank gets his he falls down, knocks his kind of head a little bit on the cold floor on the mm-hmm. this tile floor, and he's like. Mitch, I'm so cold. Come on, big cat. I think I see blue. He looks glorious. Stay with me. Okay, Mitch. I'm so so cold. I think I see blue. (laughs) But it's just, I mean, good Will Ferrell, you know, comedy here. Um, But he he did good, and he grabbed the tape from Pritchard. So how he got it out of the player Uh, yeah oh yeah that's right he didn't have (laughs) it i don't know but yeah (laughs) that's right because he (laughs) he grabbed the whole tape player not the whole not the tape and somehow when they were fumbling he had to do that you're right uh but then we cut to the newspaper uh the dean is fired mitch is moving out of the house nicole comes over and uh she tells mitch that he was right about mark she caught him with somebody or something um and so she flirts with him a little bit uh we find out that frank is now a radio personality in the area um, is using the moniker Frank the Tank, and I think it's pretty fitting of him. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I would have loved a job like that. That would have been awesome. I think I would have too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and apparently the frat is taking over the dean's house, uh, which makes no sense because usually they keep. You know, I would imagine the they, next dean would get the, the next house. dean would get the house because <laughs> it's probably owned by the university. But right. whatever they, maybe that was uh maybe they were gonna sue and that was part of their um uh the the lawsuit or whatever exactly anyway frank then yells at his co-workers uh they're hazing them into the thing so the frat is going to continue ha 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 uh old school continues it's good stuff um and then here i go again plays as the credits rolls and then we get some extra scenes in there while credits are going and it's um mark who's driving you know his, his porsche or some shit off of a bridge on accident uh, and he lands on Dean Pritchard and just as a little extra fuck you uh, they the car explodes they're obviously <laughs> dead so just I mean <laughs> over the top dumb humor of that uh, and then we get blue from the dead singing into the sky <laughs> dust in the wind I close my eyes only for a moment and the moment's gone Before my eyes a curiosity Dust in the wind um, We see Beanie at Little League uh, Soccer coach and 
him and his anger issues and some stuff like that. And Frank runs into Heidi at a grocery store and she invites him to a thing with some internet friends. Uh, and so you can tell this is going to be a gangbang, yeah. <laughs> something like that. Um, but Frank is into it. Uh, but yeah. And that is the end of the movie. I do like that they had the playing some scenes over the credits. Mm-hmm. We've talked yeah. about this multiple times. It's fun, right? Yeah. It keeps me. It keeps you know. Keeps us in the in the theater mm-hmm. to see that kind of stuff, or or even if they're just doing like the the video credits where you see the yeah. character with the name and stuff like that. But yeah, because otherwise it's just I just like all right, I'm done. Yeah, for this movie, I probably would have would have enjoyed you know one of those still frames of the characters with like a little update of like ten years from now what they were doing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think right. that, <laughs> that would have been pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, that's the end of the movie. Kind of went through that. Well, not I wouldn't say fairly quickly, but. Um, in decent time. And Stephen, this was your film. I want you to start us off. Tell us everything about your love or hate from rewatching Old School. It definitely was. It was still funny. Don't get me wrong. It was still funny. But I don't know if it holds up as well as I was hoping it would. It was still funny. The jokes were so great. I'm a huge fan of Sean William Scott. So that whole party, the whole mm-hmm. scene with him and Will, and Will Ferrell was gut punching laughing i was loving that those all, all those scenes um all the little one one-liners awesome got me laughing um it definitely didn't age well <laughs> i can definitely <laughs> say that but overall i mean i would i would watch it again i still i still enjoyed it uh john largely i had sort of kind of the exact same reaction that steven had um i laughed at the parts that i knew were going to be funny because i remembered but overall, as I was watching, I, my thought was this has not aged very well. I don't, I don't, I don't really see myself going back to watch this mm. again, personally. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, for me, I mean, this is dumb guy humor, right? For sure. I enjoyed it. You know, I, I had enough times that I can kind of relate some of this stuff in college. Maybe not as obviously as wild as they had. To me, this movie shows that guys never really grow up. You know, we're all just fucking man-childs. I mean, you know, the guys who wanted to be in these frats so bad, you know, and that Mm. kind of stuff. Yeah, we're all just, exactly, we're just big, dumb children. But I had a good time watching it. You know, it definitely takes me back to those days. I get nostalgic for that. Uh, I I think a lot of people enjoy the film, and I think that's for a good reason. You know, it, Mm. it it was fun, and it's fun to kind of think back on some of the dumb shit you did. But you're right in the fact that I don't really want to go back and do that dumb stuff again, <laughs> you know? Uh, I want to probably keep it in my nostalgia. The only time that I would probably, like, watch this way more times... Now, granted, if I, if I watch the, end up watching this one again, totally fine. No issues with it. Mm-hmm. But, like, probably I would only, like, fully, fully watch it multiple times again in my life if for some reason I end up as a bachelor again and I just need to relive some of that dumb, <laughs> dumb life, you know, and maybe I'll do a beer bong while I do it and I'll get John to do his first beer bong and that'll be that. <laughs> So not likely to happen. Not likely to happen. But that would need to be a Patreon ex- exclusive video. Yes, John, <laughs> Patreon exclusive. Beer bong or a Powerade bomb? <laughs> a Powerade bong, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's that is not a no, people. That is not a no. It's a no now. It's a no now. <laughs> now now no no now it's a no. Now's a no, not a now, not a no, not now. <laughs> That's we're at now now. No, we're now now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that was old school. Now we are going to talk The Office from 2005 to 2013. It ran on NBC for nine nine seasons, a total of 188 episodes, 
famously, I think as most people know, it's an adaptation, or it started off as an adaptation from the 2001 to 2003 BBC series. Now, wait, wait, you did want to do the American version, right? I didn't watch the British version for this, right? Yes, Steven? I wanted to do the American version. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. Yes. So this was a, this was an adaptation of the BBC, uh, the British version of the same name, starring Ricky Gervais. Uh, so similar to old school. You picked The Office. You also picked The Office for us to recast in just a little bit. So obviously this one was uh, pretty important to you. Tell us about why you loved The Office and want to talk about it. So for me, for The Office, it's it's really near and dear to my heart because I just I I connected so hard with the characters and I just I loved the characters. I followed Jim and Pam the entire all nine seasons. I I got very um attached to it and very um i think i've watched rewatched the series easily five six six times from beginning to end i just love every episode i loved steve carell all this all the side actors in this was just it was just a great it was done really well and i know it's one of those shows that either you hate or you love there's hardly ever any medium in there mm-hmm. everyone i've talked to either loves it or doesn't want to watch it which is, which, is, which is fine, but I just loved it. I could watch it over and over again. Uh, yeah, so the style of the show that I want to bring up is like this in this mockumentary kind of style sitcom uh, that kind of depicts that depicts everyday work lives of this the employees of uh, Dunder Mifflin, which is a paper company in Scranton, Pennsylvania. They call it Scranton! What? The Electric City! Scranton! What? The Electric City! Lazy Scranton! The Electric City! They call it that because of the electricity! So this this mockumentary style actually went on. It continued in um, Parks and Rec mm-hmm. as a pretty popular style. So definitely something it, it this. I mean, the BBC show, show kind of proved this style, uh, and then I would say the this American version enhanced it, and then also showed that it's a viable style for some other shows. And a little cool t- uh, tidbit is when they first were filming the pilot, they actually filmed it in a real office building. So it was it was shot with a single single camera shot just like a real documentary was actually filmed. Okay. Now, did you like it? I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead. Did you like it when, like, in the later season, they kind of had the whole cameraman Pam kind of thing? Like, I didn't like it when they were interacting with the crew. That was weird. Yeah, I didn't lose all. I didn't really lose interest. But yeah, it definitely wasn't my favorite era when mm-hmm. they went with Jim and I mean spoiler when Jim was in Philadelphia and all mm-hmm. that stuff and uh Andy was the manager and all that stuff but yeah. it was still very enjoyable though yeah uh, was it we'll get there <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right i will say this show uh won the emmy for outstanding primetime comedy in uh 2006 uh, but let's talk the cast just uh, some of it we can't get through the entire ensemble but here are some of the uh, main people Michael Scott by Steve Carell, of course. Everybody should know Steve Carell in a lot of the different things he does. Uh, Jim Helpert is played by John Krasinski, who what was that? What was that one that he was in the action movie? The the one where Jack, he can't. Oh, he's well, he plays Jack Ryan right now. Jack Ryan on Prime Video. What's the one that where you can't the the, the monsters that hear a quiet place? Quiet place. Thank you. Oh, he yeah. was also in that. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of and he was in uh, Zero Dark Thirty, I think it was or. Maybe not Zero Dark Thirty, but he's in another kind of like action show or action movie. Um, he was almost Captain America. A lot of people know that. But uh, Pam Beasley was played by Jenna Fisher. Um, she didn't really do too much other than this that I really recognized her from. Uh, Dwight Schrute was done by Rain Wilson, who I like his movie Super. I don't know if anyone else knows that one. Um, he almost they almost 
had a spinoff. I think it was going to be called Shroot Farms, and they were going to oh, be yeah. doing it. They, sh- they shot a pilot for it. I think his brother was played by Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't end up going anywhere with that. Uh, Andy Bernard was played by Ed Helms. Ed Helms, you know, from The Hangover. And I will say, once The Hangover came out, The Office leaned a little too heavy on Andy storylines, in my opinion. Yeah. They just, they're like, oh, here's this big guy now, and we gotta, we gotta utilize him. But I, n- I don't love the Andy character, not gonna lie. Some of the other characters are other people, and just from some other cameos as well. Well, I gotta mention, obviously, Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak were in this. They were also writers. B- yeah, B- well, BJ Novak uh, wrote, like, one of my favorite children's books. Really? I read to my kids when they were little. Huh, that's cool. It's called The Book With No Pictures. Oh. Are there pictures? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I thought maybe he was just trying to screw with us. There was, and it was nothing but pictures. No. Okay. Uh, BJ, Novak, are... BJ Novak and Mindy Kaling were, were were part of the writing team for this. Yes. Yeah. They wrote. Yeah. Actually, also was uh, Toby. I can't remember. I can't remember his name, um, but I believe he was as well. And they Paul kept... Lieberstein. Okay. Yes. Or Lieberstein. And they kept them in the the annex area because you know, as the writers, you know, they weren't, they didn't want to be or need to be in every episode or in the backgrounds because so they couldn't, so they could be like with the writers as opposed to being on set having mm-hmm. to be in the background shots a vast more majority of the time. They were, you know, could be with the writers and doing stuff like that. So they stayed in the annex. So what they called the annex in that show. So, uh, so other people, Ellie Kemper, she plays. Aaron, she's adorable. Uh, Craig Robinson, Will Ferrell, James Spader, Kathy Bates, Rashida Jones, and just, you know, a massive ensemble. I do want to mention a couple people. I always thought this was interesting. Multiple people used or had their same name. Um, like Angela, the, the woman who played Angela, her first name was Angela. The first, Angela. the woman who played Phyllis, her first name was, was Phyllis. And the guy who played Creed Bratton, his actual name is Creed Bratton. And he actually has a band, too. He has a band? Yeah. Editor Adam chiming in. I actually want to make sure we don't skip over this part too much, which we kind of kind of glossed over, uh, as you'll hear as we talk through. So Creed Bratton was in the band Grass Roots. He was there from 67 to 69, uh, during time where they had you know multiple uh, Billboard Hot 100 hits and two top 10 hits, including Let's Live for Today... And also, Midnight Confessions. And when I listened to those, like I was like, oh yeah, I absolutely remember these. So I don't want to gloss over Creed Bratton, fantastic musician on top of being an awesome creepy actor in the office That's awesome. yeah there's a there's a podcast that uh jenna that jenna fisher and yes. uh angela uh, kinsey do uh office office ladies which is phenomenal they rewatch mm-hmm. all the episodes and talk about them yeah it, it, i was gonna absolutely if, if anybody really wants an in-depth discussion on the office or go i mean go listen to that one it's two of the stars um, you know, they know all the inside out stuff behind it. So listen to us talk about it first 
and then go and <laughs> go listen to them. So an interesting yeah. side note is that Bob Odenkirk actually was up for the role of Michael Scott. Also, oh, I would like that, and I, I think in a different uh, dimension, I think that would work. I like Bob Odenkirk quite a bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm a fan of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, so um, I think that's a, that's um, an interesting take, and I think it would, he would have done a good job. So yes, but Michael Scott, the character himself, was this just a bumbling idiot, <laughs> dunderhead kind of guy of a boss. Um, he's really all about himself. He was the most selfish person I think I've ever seen on TV. And the more I watched him, the more I fucking hate his character. <laughs> he was very racist and very sexist too. Absolutely, he's atrocious as a human being. Like, and and even you know, I'm I'm not a manager right now, but for about five six years of my career, I was managing a team of like up to twenty people, and I'm like. That's not how you fucking do shit, man. You're going to get fired. You're going to, you should have been fired. You should have been punched in the face in ungodly amount of times. Like I, I just, the more I, the thing is you can't think about Michael Scott rationally as an actual person. This is a TV show. I get it. But as a human being, and they're portraying it in a mockumentary style. So they kind of make it seem like it's, you know, a quote unquote real place. I, my God. I mean, he's funny. How did he get away with half the stuff he did? Exactly. And they kind of try and not really explain that, but they kind of show that, oh, he's such a good salesman um, and his department, you know, and this and the Scranton branch is the only one or one of the few that really makes Dunder Mifflin money. And so that's why they kind of let him do his shit. Um, well, they showed that very away. well with the pilot, actually, the very, very first scene when he had Jim in the office and he made that close. Yes, you're right. Sale. Exactly. Yeah. So he, I mean, and he is, he is, he's had a couple times where you see him when he has to go into like salesman mode, he knows what the fuck he's doing. Um, but you, so you mentioned like the pilot and early on, I want to tell anybody out there who hasn't tried the office, I would say skip season one. Now, maybe that's just me. The season one is almost like a shot for shot remake of the British season one and it's not as that was on purpose well and i think it sucked because of it <laughs> so <laughs> I, I think the the characters weren't formed out yet obviously michael scott was much more like ricky gervais and not he wasn't quite him yet and so i think in season two is really where it's all, like even like parks and rec i say skip season one season two is really where it starts and so i think that is just that was my take um maybe maybe you think completely different mr wilhelm I was very when I watched the pilot. Um, I was like, I couldn't believe how how heavy hitting that that first the pilot was with them talking about down downsizing two branches. I was like, mm-hmm. you're going to come in with that subject first off, and I mean, it was actually shot six months before the rest of season one was shot, so mm-hmm. that it may seem a little off because of that. Okay. So we talked. You talked about you know your love of the show, but what John? What about you? What is what is your knowledge base of The Office before even like diving in and, and rewatching it for this? Practically nothing. Okay, <laughs> I had watched maybe one episode one time, and that was it. And that was it. So you just you almost actively stayed away from the show. Yes, I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's well, why when, I said earlier on, it's one of those shows where either you love it or you or you don't want to watch it. Yeah. Uh, for me, mine is much more on, um, maybe not, that's probably more similar to, to Steven's, where I've seen it multiple times through. Uh, it's a show that my wife loves, and it's one of her background shows. So even if I haven't, you know, if I, if I don't see it all that often, it's on the background enough 
uh, to where, you know, I, I absorb it almost through osmosis because it's just one of her shows where she just kind of keeps it on even while she's doing shit. Um, so I end up watching it quite a bit. I've seen, I remember liking it back in the day even, and I watched it quite a bit then. Um, but I've, yeah, I've seen so many of the episodes and, you know, probably multiple times through, uh, fully as well. So, yeah, I don't remember when I came into it, it was similar to scrubs where I came in like, like a few seasons in, but then I rewatched the first couple seasons Mm -hmm. and I just went through it when it was airing live. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, so, uh, Steve Carell, he left at the end of the seventh season. Uh, so yeah. And this show went totally nine seasons. So there were two more seasons without him as, our lead. Um, it kept going with Andy taking over as the boss, which pissed off a lot of people. Um, it actually pissed me off too. I didn't care for that. Andy, I think was the worst choice, uh, as for the boss, you know, they, they, there were at times where they had Jim as like a co-manager. And so why they didn't bring him in again or, you know, upgrade him. I know they kind of like mentioned that and he was like, no, no, I've tried that. I'm not doing that. Um, and honestly what everybody wanted, I feel is they wanted Dwight. I wanted Dwight. I feel like the vast majority of people wanted Dwight to be the manager and let him give a shot now because he's been, you know, he had been the side guy for so long and he was great as that. And that was funny, but like, I want to see some of his ridiculous stuff, but he would have needed, he need, he doesn't need someone to bring him down a little bit because his ideas are too crazy, but you could have done that with another upper management person that, like what had with Michael Scott all the time, like with a Jan or when Idris Elba was on or even James Spade or Kathy Bates, they had to wrangle him in um, or David, I can't remember David's last name, but the, that character. Um, so Michael Scott had people who wrangled him in. You could have needed the same thing for Dwight. Um, well, Dwight so, had that had that little that little uh, role as manager. And then he then he shot the floor. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But still, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Andy was putting Andy into that role was only because of his success in the, the Hangover franchise. I agree. And I hated the character. And Andy Andy is one I didn't care for because he's. I don't know. He he had his little anger management stuff, which I think actually he had that because he had to go film the hangover. Um, and so he was, he like, oh, was that went, what it was for? I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it was. So he had this whole part. Uh, it probably was for the hangover three. I, I would imagine. He, yeah. Or one of those, it might've been the second. Um, but yeah, he punched a wall and so he had to go to anger management and he was gone for like six episodes or something. And then he came back. Um, but I'm pretty sure it was, he was filming something, but I didn't care for him. I never really, connected with him because he was always he was pretentious with his um you know oh he went to cornell um and all this stuff and they also tried boy did they try to to make everyone care about him and aaron i didn't give Mm -hmm. a shit about him and aaron (laughs) they were trying to make uh them aaron and andy the jim and pam exactly so so relationships were a big part of this show and jim and pam was the main one they were the will they won't they for like five or six seasons. They were the heart of the show. Exactly. They were the heart. Exactly. Um, and then they finally, they got together. They were obviously a will. They had a baby, that kind of thing. So they, they, that kind of tension was now gone. Um, so they brought in like, you know, the Andy and Aaron thing and it was so forced. And so I, that's why I didn't, I didn't care for that. But even besides them, Michael and multiple different characters, Jan for a good while, you know, that was, Strange because she was his immediate supervisor. They shouldn't have been a thing. Um, no, <laughs> no. But even my, with Michael, with um, oh, I can't remember the character, but uh, Nancy Walls, who who is his real his wife in real life. Oh, was she, was she the realtor? Yes, the realtor, the blonde. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, she, she she appeared in multiple episodes, uh, but uh, that's his that's his real life. Um, and then also uh, Holly, you know, Michael and Holly was a big, you know, will they won't they kind of thing that they tried as well. And of course, Dwight and Angela as well. And they were kind of like that secret love kind of stuff. Forbidden love. Yes. <laughs> which was which was funny because they were such straight shooter characters. It was kind of, you know funny and interesting that they would have them being this forbidden love michael and holly actually had my one of my favorite episodes was when mm-hmm. uh michael proposed to holly yeah i mean there was good stuff i i definitely enjoyed that i, I like there's, just, there's a lot of really strong episodes i think there was it the casino night that was like the first kiss of michael and, and or not michael of jim and pam jim and pam that's a good one i mean there's a whole bunch of good ones i mean with those relationships, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was definitely invested on some of them, particularly Jim and Pam, like the rest of America. I was, you know, happy when he gave her that first kiss. I was into it and crying when they were at Niagara Falls getting married, all that kind of shit. You know, it was good. It was really good. So yeah. I want to mention the theme song. That is one catchy ass theme song. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Me. John does. <laughs> oh, John. <laughs> Woo. Is it, is it just too simple for you, John? Uh, yeah, it does nothing for me. But uh, yeah, it's the catchiness that really gets me. And I think I'd mentioned this before. Uh, that was that song was composed by Jay Ferguson, who did the music for Double Dragon, that awful movie. If you remember that one. Unless you drank away the pain of Trouble Dragon, which I've tried. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I also want to bring up the memes that has kind of spawned from this show. I mean, there's just a bunch. The, to me, the biggest meme is you get, you see a picture of Jim Halpert, like with uh, two whiteboards. You get like one kind of silly face and then one like showing what it is. But I don't know if anybody knows, there's just, there's a whole bunch. Uh, Kevin walking in with his chili. Uh, you know, you kind of get like a. You know, how 2020 started, him happy with this thing, and how 2020 continued or whatever, and it's the chili everywhere. Just there's I so know many... about Kevin is that he's actually on Cameo, and he makes a he makes a lot of money from Cameo, and it's he does a lot of it is with the chili, trapping oh. chili for people. He, he's doing chili on his Cameo? Yeah. Or he's, that is awesome. I mean, I, so I've heard from someone else told me that, that he does really well on Cameo, Partly because he like yeah he he gets into it and he actually like does a really good job for the cameos because some people probably just you know they they record it with their phone and that's that and move on but apparently he does a really good job so good for him that's awesome yeah him him Angela and Oscar were actually all really good friends before the office ah, really that's very yeah. cool love that yeah Oscar we haven't really brought up Oscar I mean there are some definite. Ooh, some of the things that Michael says to Oscar and some of the weird stuff. Um, the kiss. Yes. The, now, from what I heard, that was Oscar didn't know the actor did not know, and it wasn't. It was originally supposed to be a hug, and Steve Carell made it this awkward kiss, and so it kind of became this really kind of you know really it looked really good and really awkward because it was because it wasn't supposed to be that. Which is, I mean, Steve Carell has some good like improv skills to him for sure. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of those awkward moments, but they end up being so funny because they are so awkward. Yeah. I think for me, the office kind of fell a little bit was when Dunder Mifflin got bought out and you, yeah. and you brought in Kathy Bates mm-hmm. and James, James Spade was phenomenal for the little time that he was on. But I think it kind of drooped a little bit there. 
yeah, when they got bought out. It seemed to be like a little rotating cast of the different bosses, you know, where it was always Jan and David um, for a long time, and then it became the Kathy Bates, and then the James Spader, and then like the Idris Elba uh, leading stuff, and then like I don't know, yeah, you're right. It was that was the start of it, and they even brought Will Ferrell in for a little while, kind of as mm-hmm. like a a thing that you thought they were trying to make the audience think that Steve Carell was leaving and Will Ferrell was taking over. Not the case, um, but yeah, I, I agree. That was definitely the start of the decline. I mean, it was. I agree where a lot of it is still watchable after uh, or, or in that time and afterwards, but it's not the same. Yeah. It, it dropped a lot of quality. Um, I'll go into some of my stuff first. I'll just kind of transition to there, uh, and then we'll get John, and then Stephen will give you the final say um, as this was your show. I really felt this show shined in syndication for me. I watched a little bit early on, but like, you know, it being played just over and over in syndication is where I kind of probably really grew to appreciate it. And then obviously in streaming as well. Um, I find it funny. I like the characters. I do end up caring about a lot of the stuff that they have. You know, I can, I can eminently just watch this show almost any time. And I think it usually works. Uh, as I've kind of already mentioned with other stuff, didn't care for a lot of the Ed Helm stuff at the end when he took over really wasn't just wasn't my thing. But overall, I think this is a fantastic show. And there are some absolutely amazing episodes and really, really strong seasons that it's absolutely worth anybody's time. So, yeah. All right. John. I cannot stand this show. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, at first I thought that it was I just didn't like the mockumentary style. Mm-hmm. But I ended up actually really enjoying Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. And so I think it was the characters I didn't like. Mm. And I've, I had watched a few episodes here and there, you know, especially when it was at the height of its popularity. Could not get into it. Mm-hmm. Still could not get into it when I watched a couple episodes for this. Uh, yeah, ultimately, <laughs> this show is not for me. Uh, I will never go to watch it. Uh, yeah. Well, do you think that's partly you, you've never really worked in an office setting all that much? I don't think that has anything to do with it. All right, I was just trying. I was trying. <laughs> I've never been to space, but I love Star Wars, so what's your point? <laughs> okay. uh, all right, Stephen, how about we end on a positive note here? Maybe unless, unless for some reason watching it this time uh, changed your mind, but I doubt that. Oh, no, it it absolutely, I mean, I'm kind of disappointed that it's moving to Peacock um, and mm-hmm. that the first two seasons will, will be free, but the rest will be uh, you have to have a paid subscription. I think that is also crap. But mm-hmm. um, as it is Netflix's number one streaming show, uh, rightfully so, it's just one of those ones I can just, like you, I can go back, turn it on, and watch any episode and just fall in love with it all over again. I kind of did a like a piece, like I watched the pilot, then I watched the, mm-hmm. I watched a couple of episodes from five and seven, and then I watched the finale, and all of it just, it just, it it was awesome. It blended well. It still held up. After all these years. See? All right. Valid. I think uh, Wilhelm's right. John, you're the bitter old man this time. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. I'm totally okay with that. He's the uh, Creed Bratton. Yes, he is. Oh, Creed. I just, We didn't talk enough about Creed. Creed is one <laughs> of the coolest fucking characters on the entire show because he's so shrouded in mystery. Love that. I mean, apparently even like he was just kind of creepy. Even some of the old other um, actors were kind of weirded out by him. <laughs> but yeah, he was awesome. All right. All right. Well, that's enough on The Office. How about we talk more about The Office? (laughs) 
This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by Out of paper, out of stock There's friendly faces around the block Break loose from the chains that are causing your pain Call Michael and Sally, Jim Dwight Creed Call Eddie and Caddy for your business paper needs Dunder Mifflin, people persons paid for people Dunder Mifflin all right, now we're going to do the casting portion of the show. As we mentioned, we're going to be recasting The Office uh, using actors of today. And granted, The Office was it was only seven years ago or so that or it, it ended. Yeah, but ended. 15 years when it started. So yeah. I, I kind of went with like some of the ages and the mindset when it first started. Uh, that's fair. Uh, we're going to do, uh, since there's three of us, we're just going to do about five characters. We're going to do Michael, Jim, Pam, Dwight, and Angela. So uh, we'll probably stick to that to mm-hmm. that we'll go in the reverse of that i think that i'm going to go first okay so right. i'm going to start by saying i decided to change up the location of my mm. fictional office uh and it is now in a weed store <laughs> okay kevin <Okay>. smith <laughs> or it could be in like a weed distributor so it's actually in the office of it not in the actual mm-hmm. store but i decided i'm going to change it up that way interesting Okay. Now, I have to admit, in my general malaise for this show, <laughs> I completely forgot to look up who Angela was. Oh, God. <laughs> wow, yeah, you're really apathetic to this I one. I really kind of was. I, I had a good idea of who the other characters were, uh, but I could not remember who Angela was. Mm-hmm. Was she the one in the in the opening, in the opening who was sitting next to uh, Steve Carell? Talking about the office back home when like someone called. Uh, no, Angela was was the um, accountant. Yeah, she was kind of very, okay. very stuck up with Kevin and Oscar. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I think the my lady. pick will still will still work, even though she's a big name. Mm. I think she could play a stuck up accountant. I chose Jessica Chastain. Hmm. Okay. I can kind of see that. Yeah, I can kind of see that. I can get the the kind of cold, stuck up vibes from her. Sure. I don't know. Uh, yeah. She's honestly probably the biggest name out of all the yeah. five that I Interesting. picked. So. It, it's hard for me to think, just because, I mean, I don't know. I, I you, you know you, you know these characters for years and years, it's, mm-hmm. and, and so it is tough to recast these. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and my vision of Angela is a very much, obviously, the, the Angela from the show. Right. And I, I think of Jessica Chastain, and I think voluptuous. To me, Angela is very, very subdued and very, um, you know, anti voluptuous and that kind of stuff so i think but it would could be funny if you if she's are you thinking of oh christina Hendricks? yeah no no okay. i mean she now christina Hendricks is buxom as it gets okay um but jessica Chastain is still very curvy that's it yeah yeah but and angela is just this tiny little package um who is just you know covers everything including her ankles kind of thing you know don't show your ankles because that's too sexual okay kind of person now granted I- if Jessica Chastain, who I think is a very attractive person like that, she, you know, she doesn't like show skin in a lot of movies that I've seen. No, not really. Um, but no. you know what? I'm sure she could do it. I don't I don't dislike that. Okay. It's just, it, it is tough to kind of get it figured out with this casting. Yes. All right, Adam? So um, I was trying to think of someone, and, and, and age range was kind of tough for me on this one. I was trying to get kind of in that... Uh, for for the Jim and Pam, I was trying to get into that right at thirty esque age because that was kind of like round when they started what it was because you know that then they kind of grew, um, and then for Dwight and Angela, I was trying to find like the thirty five to forty 
age for them. And then Michael Scott was probably around like that 40 to 45 age was what I was. Those, those were the ages that I was just trying to fit in for my office. Um, for Angela, I wanted someone who I felt I could see as cold and non-sexual. Um, and that's kind of what I see as my Angela. Uh, and I kind of was reminded of this character from Scott Pilgrim. And that was uh, the drummer in the band. I went with Allison Pill as oh, my yeah. Angela. I mean, she's she's definitely has she can she can be cold. She's done comedy stuff before, so I think it would make it work. Um, and I get a very cold, non-sexual vibe from her character in Scott Pilgrim, and so that's why that's that's just why I I, I made that transition. Okay, I recognize her face. Okay. Oh, she was in Star Trek Picard. That's why I remember her because uh, I watched that series. Okay, yeah. I have nothing but uh, I'm mine is going to be <laughs> no, a, nothing but hate. <laughs> no, no, my 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 response to everyone's pick is going to be like that's a good pick because okay. I have no real basis of comparison for anything. So. Okay, you could have picked Carrot Top, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's a good pick. <laughs> yes, you damn it, you stole my Michael Scott, you jerk. <laughs> dang it. All right, All right so um, I kind of had my wife help me with this because I'm not best at like figuring out like who could be who but we kind of uh did this together so for my angela i went with someone from a show that i recently finished at with uh parks and rec um it was uh she played april ludgate uh on mm. parks and rec her name was her name was aubrey plaza i just think she could be that she she played that like i don't give a crap kind of attitude on Parks and Rec, and I think she could bring that also to Angela's character and be that, like, cold yeah. person that really doesn't really put up with with much. And I thought that I thought she could be a great person for that role. Also on Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, she was also and she was kind of cold and harsh in that one as well. Um, yeah. Now I do I I absolutely see the coldness, and I and I think that transitions well. My the only thing where I only have issues with Aubrey Plaza and, and hopefully she would prove me wrong. She doesn't have the most range as an actress that I've seen. She's constantly playing the cold, weird person in everything. And Angela yeah. is kind of weird. She, I think Aubrey Plaza just needs to tone down a lot of the extra weird that she does, particularly like she does in art, art uh, parks and rec and other stuff and just push in more into the cold. But I think honestly, I really like that call as long as she could do it. And she kind of doesn't play it like April weird. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just less weird, but also still weird because Angela, like, she's a cat woman kind of thing. Mm. And she likes these weird paintings with babies and saxophone, the bands. Yeah, that was <laughs> weird. just weird stuff. But she's more so just like, you know, very conservative. She's extremely conservative. But yeah, you know what? I, I, I thumbs up to Aubrey Plaza. I'm sure she could do that. I think, and I think she fits it from mostly of what I've seen. All right. Uh, Adam, why don't you start us off with Dwight? Oh, I had the. I had the most names. I just kept running through names that I wanted. Like, oh, maybe this person, maybe that person. I'm not sure. Um, and then I eventually got to somebody who I think could do what I needed. Um, he is most known for a drama, but he played this really kind of pretty annoying character in it for most of it. But also he showed some comedy shop chops in the uh, movie Jojo Rabbit. I thought he would work pretty well. I went with Alfie Allen as my Dwight. He mm. would have to... He'd have to weird himself up and nerd himself up a little bit, but he's a good, fun actor, and he definitely has some of the annoying qualities that you saw as Theon that I think he could do this. Okay. So, yeah. Hmm. I'm not too familiar with his with his, with his his work, okay. but yeah. All right. You didn't sound impressed there. He definitely looks like he could play a Dwight. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> this one was pretty tough. Dwight, Dwight is so Dwight that it's like, okay, who do I want? It's really kind of yeah. tough. I agree. 
Uh, all right, Steve, why don't you tell us your pick? So, like most people, it's very hard to pick Dwight because Rain Wilson was just spot on. Like, I mean, he even he was in character for his for his auditions and everything. So he is perfect for that role. But um, I kind of went with an actor that uh, has definitely more comedic than uh, dramatic roles, but. Um, he was in 21 Jump Street, 22 Jump Street, um, that I know him best, and other hills are, but my pick was Jonah Hill. Um, I just think he has, he could play that quirky character as well as bring that, like, dry humor that Dwight mm-hmm. brought. I was a little worried you were going to say Channing Tatum for a second when you <laughs> went 21. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, don't do this to me, Steve. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely seen... Jonah Hill, if you saw Wolf of Wall Street, he kind of has some of the nerdy aspect in that one. Mm-hmm. Also with uh, Moneyball, yeah. similar-esque. So he he could totally play a nerd. Even in Superbad, he had a bit of a nerd aspect to it. Yeah, I, I like his stuff. Be different. Again, I have no opinion one way or the other. No, I'm, I'm not bad. I, don't, not, I think that's not, not a bad call at all. I think, that's, I think that works. I like Jonah Hill. Mm-hmm. I like Aubrey Plaza. So far, Steven's winning for me. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, you're going to hate my pick for Dwight because I hate my pick for Dwight. <laughs> oh, no. Um, because again, I don't really know these characters. Uh, I the, watching the first uh, the the few episodes I did. Dwight seemed like a douche. My my fictional office takes place in a uh, weed, weed store, store, so I picked somebody else who was a douche. I went with Pete Davidson. Ooh, he actually showed up in the office. Uh, he mm. he had a cameo or not a cameo, but he played like this. No, 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 I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of totally thinking of a different, I'm thinking of uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I don't think I've ever Never seen mind. Pete. No, it was, it was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, I mean, only because I dislike Pete Davidson, I don't find him all that funny. But the thing is that that's part of the comedy of Dwight, is <laughs> you're, he takes himself too seriously. I don't think that's I a bad pick. kind of see it. Yeah, I kind of see it. It's, okay. it's, a, it's, a, it's a stretch, but I can definitely kind of see it a little bit. Mostly, I'm just angry that he somehow... <laughs> Nailed, not nailed, but he 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 got he got um, Ariana Grande super super hot <laughs> Ariana Grande, but and talented, Chick, and he's just Chick he T, doesn't seem talented to me. Chicks T dig funny dudes, I, but I don't see yeah. him as funny. That's what I used to tell myself. I'm old and crotchety, so yeah. Pete Davidson has his own style of comedy. He does, yeah. and if it's a, if it's at a weed store, that's actually oh, a yeah. really really good fit. <laughs> okay, that actually so. matches perfect for a weed. Company. Yeah. All right. I'll take. I'll take the. Uh, I'll take the the W on that. Mm-hmm. Uh. All right. Pam. Uh. Let's see here. Who has not started us off? Your mom. <laughs> you know got, got you good, you fucker. You know that's your mom too. Right? I know. I think that would uh, be uh, me. Yeah, <laughs> Steve. Who did you pick for Pam? <laughs> okay. So for Pam, I was trying to go for. Well, we were trying to go for that person that um, has that lovable girl next door kind of feel, mm-hmm. um, which is, I mean, there's, yes, there's an abundance of them in Hollywood, but um, I was trying to go for one that I thought had the the skills to play Pam. Uh, kind of went with Emma Stone. Oof. All right. So you're doing like a big ass budget fucking office. Yes. Uh, you're, yeah. So I went more with like a, I think a. TV show or maybe an HBO TV show for mine. You're you're like fucking. Let's take oh, this no, thing. Oh, we're going like like a billion yeah. dollars an episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's adorable. She is like an American sweetheart kind of actress, in my opinion. I think absolutely she could do that. Me, you don't like Emma Stone? <laughs> uh, and it's not that I dislike her. I just she hasn't done a lot of roles that I've been into. 
and I, I've been all up into <laughs> Emma Stone, my man. <laughs> uh, I think I think with your your ridiculously high budget uh, <laughs> show that you've got there, Stephen, Emma Stone's a good call. I'd like I'd like to think that uh, in Stephen's version of The Office, they shoot it on that big like semicircle LED screen that they shoot oh. the Mandalorian on. There you go. So it's not actually in an office; it's just in mm. a virtual rendering of the office. Okay. This is like my fantasy cast. Yeah. (laughs) It's never, ever going to happen, but... Mm -hmm. Uh, Hopefully none of these. We don't need any more office. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Jim. Did we go through Uh, your guys' Pam You and I didn't say our Pam, John. Oh. (laughs) You're just just skipping our... This is how much I'm ready to be done with this casting. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Pam. Okay, I'll go ahead and say my Pam. My Pam, again, I don't know the characters very well. I went with an actress who I like. I just went with Kaylee Cuoco. Okay, That's a hot ass Pam. I can Both of those are hot ass Pams. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, not to say my- you said that you say that like it's a bad thing. And not like Jenna Fisher isn't isn't um, hot as well. Uh, no, it's not a bad thing. Kaylee Cuoco, whoo, she was number one girl for me for a little bit. Like in like those first like two three seasons. Jenna Fisher was one of those characters that was cute, but she didn't know it. Yeah, she was exactly. So she was. I mean, she had a little bit of like the frump, um, only because she didn't know how how cute she was. Okay. And I think it's hard for Kaylee Cuoco or even Emma Stone to not know how cute they are. But granted, Emma Stone, I've seen that in some of her shows. I haven't seen that with Kaylee Cuoco. Cuoco, Cuoco, She knows how hot she is. That's what she does. All right, who did you go with? I actually went with an unknown, not an unknown, but an actress who I don't think either of you have heard of before. Part of me, I really felt this, we needed some up the diversity in this uh, cast. Fair. So um, she's on a show that actually isn't getting a lot of love right now. It's the remake of Charmed. Um, mm. and, but she was in uh, the short, small part in uh, Edge of Tomorrow and also the Tomorrow People. Um, she was also in uh, another show, Into the Badlands, as well. Um, her name is Madeline Mantock. Madeline Mantock. Attractive. I think you could just, you need to frump her up just a little bit more and you can get to get some of the Pam... Vibes from her because she's very attractive as well. But um, I just went with I wanted a fairly unknown. I, I felt like Jenna Fisher was fairly unknown, um, and so I kind of wanted to. I, I kept mine as a mostly you know smaller budget, <laughs> legitimately possible <laughs> show to make. And I want the complete opposite. <laughs> yes. So uh, sure, sure. That's about it. Yeah, that's I can see that. you're gonna get, and that's I, that's what I was expecting. Was a okay. sure on this one, well, especially because I have no idea who she. Like, I don't recognize anything. Yeah. I mean, I recognize the shows that existed. I've just never watched them. Yeah. Well, for for personality, I would say Emma Stone was probably the best bet. It's just, yeah, you're gonna be spending like. But again, trying to get her would be impossible. Yeah, 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 it'd be tough. Okay, now we're on Jim. Now we're on Jim. Now we're on Jim. I'm gonna go ahead and do my Jim. Jimbo. Um, I had two, I had I had a, I had a different actor for a while and then I changed it up because I think the original guy's sort of personality to me didn't necessarily fit the Jim that I saw on screen. Mm. And so I went with someone who I think could play a little bit because Jim seemed very subdued a little bit, very chill. Ooh. You, I mean, he is chill. At the he beginning is, he was. At the beginning, yeah. He's extremely sarcastic um, and he fucks with Dwight all the time. Like so, there. Are- yeah. Well, I I think either of these guys could work, but I think it, I think I ended up liking this one better, yeah. even though he's not he's not necessarily known for being an actor. He's known for being a comedian, um, but he could totally. I think he could totally do something like this. Uh, I went with Trevor Noah. I like that. Okay. Yeah, I'm cool with that. Yeah. My original pick was uh, Wyatt Cenac. I've heard that name. I know that name. He was also on the Daily Show. He was on the Daily Show when John Stewart was there. He was one of the. Um, 
kind of correspondence guys. He had he had a show on his own, and I can't remember what uh, network it was on or what station it was on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember seeing him on the Daily Show. I think I like Trevor Noah better. Okay. Yeah. I like Trevor Noah. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, Adam. Uh, okay, I went with actually a guy who I feel I don't know gives some Jim Halpert vibes, or at least he even even kind of has like a somewhat similar look to Grant. No, what said his name? Right <laughs> to John Krasinski. Um, he's done. I mean, he's done some action in the the Flash show, but also he's kind of you know he's a little bit of goofy stuff, but definitely some comedy in there as well. I went with Grant Gustin as my Jim Halpert. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of a simple regular guy. I think. I think. Uh, I think his Grant Gustin stuff is he has some some comedic moments in the Flash and things like that that make it work for this. So sure. Okay. I'll take the sure. Steven's not saying anything, so I don't think he likes the call. <laughs> it was a good pick, Adam. It was a good pick. Okay. <laughs> good pick. Um, I went um uh, with some with like like you did with Pam. I went with some diversity mm-hmm. um again sticking with my high budget version of the <laughs> office um this the guy that uh, uh that we picked was from he was from the good place uh played cheaty on the good place uh his name is william jackson harper i think he could be uh he could definitely play jim uh and i think him and jordan hill could definitely play off each other very well I mean, he definitely does the um, the sitcom stuff. I actually used him in our Die Hard recasting, John. He was my Theo. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Particularly particularly from his role in The Good Place, where he kind of has, like, the, the nerdy look. Yeah, I'm cool with that. He knows he knows that. Definitely your, uh, your, your lowest budget actor on this one. <laughs> yeah. He's the one that's, 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 that's going to help me stay yeah. under budget so I can get the exactly. other actors. <laughs> there you go. There you go. They're going to get like Arnold Schwarzenegger for Michael Scott and you'll be set. You're going to have everybody, all the, the big boys. It's like trying to play fantasy sports. You just have yeah. to try to budget <laughs> exactly. it. Uh, all right. And we are at our Michael character. Adam, why don't you start us off here? Um, Michael is hard to replicate. Mm-hmm. You had a similar, obviously, Ricky Gervais kind of wasn't the same character. It was a different character, different, some, different somewhat style, but obviously a dumb goofball. Um, Steve Carell, he just he amped it up a notch and he really made it his own. And I think he took that role and just kind of really flew with it. Uh, so I didn't want to just copy and repeat exactly. Um, I do want, you know, you need to have a big, dumb idiot who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Doesn't, uh, But I wanted to shift it up a little bit because just putting another guy in the role i thought wouldn't it'd be it'd be too similar so i want to mix up with someone who has a proven track record of kind of playing a doofusy character who just still kind of stumbles into uh, success i went with melissa mccarthy as my michelle scott i think she would do a pretty damn good job i like the twist Okay, I, I like it. I like Melissa yeah. McCarthy. I think she, mm-hmm. I think she is legitimately funny. She absolutely. So. I could also see her if they did a remake. I could see her playing uh, Kathy Bates' character too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She has good stuff with that. Um, but but yeah, yeah, I could definitely see her playing Michelle Scott as you put her. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go uh, so we can let our, our guests have the last word. I think I did an okay job actually with this hmm. with this one, even though I don't like the show and don't really know the characters. <laughs> Um, but I do know that I did know that Michael was a douche. <laughs> yes. Um, so I went with a comedic actor who has played characters similar to this in a couple different shows. And to me, some of his stuff is hit or miss. Like sometimes I've seen it and I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And then sometimes I watch it and I'm like, that was legitimately funny. 
I went with Danny McBride. Oh. I like Danny McBride, and in in your setting of the weed store, it makes <laughs> a lot of sense. If you're putting this in a regular office, a little less sense, but but yeah, <laughs> okay. I'm a big fan of Eastbound and Down, a uh, huge fan of that show. So um, he was also in the Vice Principals, yeah, which I haven't seen that one, but I need to because it's with Walter Goggins, and I know it's yeah. it's going to be. My wife loved it. Watched the yeah. whole series. I think it was done seasons. by the same people who did Eastbound and Down. So yeah. um, I need to I need to check that out. So very cool. Uh, all right, Stephen, take us home. All right, so um, like you've all pointed out, Michael Scott is really hard to. He has big, big shoes to fill. Uh, Steve Carell was phenomenal in it. Uh, definitely a douchey guy, uh, clueless most times. Just doesn't know how to. Doesn't know what what's good or what's bad for him. Um, I kind of went with a character that had a similar feel, in my opinion. The part that I know him best was on SNL. He played the character Stefan. Uh, mm. Very hard to uh, keep a straight face most of the time. Bill Hader. Uh, I love Bill Hader. I've used him multiple times. Um, I think he's a fantastic actor, and he's the kind of guy who you can put in almost any role, and he can adapt as an actor. I've seen him do some really dumb, stupid stuff on <laughs> SNL and other things like that, and then I've seen him do some some kind of more just really strong, good acting, but also comedic stuff in something like a Barry. Love Barry. If no one's out there is watching it, you should. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he is the kind of actor I, I will almost never say anything bad to whatever role you put him in. So, yeah, golf clap from me. <laughs> uh, I will second Adam's um, sentiments. I do like Bill Hader. He could probably do anything he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough castings, but I think we actually got some pretty good ones. So, and John, with your with your little you know smoky twist that you added to it, um, I actually I think your cast works really well in that setting. Okay, yeah, so. in that setting cool. it does. Yes, yeah, <laughs> in that yeah. setting, everyone had to put that in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug or shout out, or any causes or anything? Um, no, I mean, I do want to, uh, point out that again, if you are a fan of the office and you love it as much as, as much as I do, and you really want to get more in depth with it, the office ladies podcast is phenomenal with Angela Kinsey and, uh, Jenna Fisher, uh, definitely give them a, a listen and you'll, you won't be disappointed. I mean, not, I mean, John won't listen to them, but <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you want, or if you want to listen to a really good podcast uh, about going through a show episode by episode, you can listen to Cartwright a Seinfeld podcast with Adam. Um, if you like Seinfeld, I don't know. Absolutely, was, was, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to plug that. That was another episode by episode breakdown, and it's something that I do. I feel like I need to make my own episode by episode breakdown of some show. Yeah, well, you get to get in the game somewhere. Yeah, you, well, you don't like The Office. You don't like Seinfeld. What would you do? Probably some show that you don't like. Yeah. <laughs> Just so I don't have to be on, and you don't have to have a, you don't have to have a third podcast with me. That would probably be that's it. That's it. You're 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 tired. You've exhausted your atom limit of podcasting. I get it. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was our recasting of The Office. Please join us next time for a special episode in which we are joined by our sister Abby to talk the New Kids on the Block album, Hangin' Tough. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. 
See you next time. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it.